Warning. We interrupt this presentation with the following urgent message regarding the stuff. If you see it in stores, call the police. If you have it in your home, don't touch it. Get out. The stuff is a product of nature, a deadly living organism. It is addictive and destructive. It can overcome your mind and take over your body. And nothing can stop it. How's the food, sweetheart? Nice. That's nice. Where's the stuff? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you sure you want to do it? My movie. <laughs> what is it? I don't know what it's called. What is it called? Kevin. Dylan. You ready? Son of a bitch. You're trying to tell me that I can dodge bullets? The wrong side of the river! I'm Michael George. Stop it. Get some help. Tony Mona, the terrorists have the president's daughter in the old bean factory. I can't get drunk today. Too bad. You will die. Despicable. Despicable. Billy, what's his name, show? Yeah, the the blonde girl. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting her to come back and be like, uh, "I'm here to the rescue. I forgive you, even though you're a scumbag." No, she just disappears yeah, just from the out film. Of the movie. Goodbye like, forever. Fuck this movie. I don't yeah. want to be in a flesh orgy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Awesome. The stuff, also known as Larry Cohen's The Stuff is a 1985 American satirical science fiction horror film written, produced, and directed by Larry Cohen and starring Michael Moriarty, Garrett Morris, Andrea Maravici, and Paul Sorvino. I would like to welcome in my guests at this time. Hey, guys, it's Erica. How are you doing, Erica? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And Alex, how are you doing, man? Pretty good. Good to have you here. So uh, this was my pick this week. Uh, We're covering some body horror or body horror adjacent, I guess, in this case, films. And uh, I picked this movie because I really like it. I think it's uh, it's a, it has a lot of problems, but there's also, it's one of those films that the studio was like, no, when they got the original cut. So they kind of had to go back to the drawing board. But uh, I like that this is a movie that's about ice cream companies. <laughs> it's always, it's like, it's something that you don't see in film a lot. You don't see a lot of films about ice cream companies, you know? It's like Ice Cream Man isn't really about ice cream company. Yeah. You know, it's uh, just a man. This is this is more so about capitalism, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, and greed. And Ad culture. Con- yeah. Yep, consumerism. And that's actually what Larry Cohen, the director, uh, that's what he was going for. This is supposed to be a satire. I think sometimes it feels like I don't know if it's supposed to be a satire. Uh, Paul Sorvino's Colonel character is a great example of that. I don't know what the fuck is going on with him, but he's very racist and very like he's like the hero though. Kinda. I mean, I think he's just the kind of Deus Ex Machina that just mm. oh, I happen yeah. to know a guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's take advantage of his private militia. Exactly. To, let's you know, fly save down the day. Let's fly down to Atlanta from Midland, Georgia. <laughs> 
I mean, he's definitely the hero, but he's also just kind of a, a scumbag, like yeah. Yeah. womanizer, racist, yep. like yep. sort of just kind of seems to just fumble his way into saving the day. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it really, that whole chocolate chip Charlie scene is so off putting when he just walks in and he's like, who the, it's like, I was like, what did, did his character from Goodfellas just walk into this movie? Like, <laughs> so the, my whole thought throughout this movie was that. I feel like there was originally like three hours of footage and then they had to cut out half of that to make it short enough because it felt like there was so much stuff where it's just like, it was like the opposite of exposition mm. yeah. where rather than explaining anything, they just throw you in and act as if we've known these characters all along. So yeah. Chocolate Chip Charlie comes in, total stranger, we've never seen I'm him chocolate before. Chip yeah, BFFs. Like, I'm Chocolate yeah. Chip Charlie, man, we're BFFs. And how many times have I told you I know Kung Fu? And you're like, <laughs> zero. Zero. <laughs> um, well, he is mentioned in the, uh, and I actually just noticed this when I watched it the other day. Because I thought the same thing when I watched it this time. I was like, yeah, he doesn't really ever get, like, he's not in the movie at all, obviously. But in the scene with the guys on the boat, his name is said. And then, like, even Chocolate Chip Charlie, like, something, you know, it's... And I also like to mention, so the guy, um, what was his name? He was very famous. Uh, I actually don't think I have it on here for some reason. No, Alexander Scarabee. Um, who was the guy who played the like head ice cream guy, the one with the beard, not the mm. guy with the white hair? Yeah, he was like a super famous actor. He was in a ton of movies, and this was his last movie, Ooh. if I remember correctly. That's right. Um, Going out with a bang. Yeah, uh, I'd say more like a whimper. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So it, but it fulfills that trope of films like this, like B movies that have the one like super famous old Hollywood actor who's yeah. just getting a paycheck. Um, it is in like a couple scenes that kind of like bookend the thing. And uh, <laughs> actually this movie has another one, Danny Aiello. Yeah. I actually uh, took me forever while we're watching the movie to realize, holy shit, isn't that the guy from Jacob's ladder? Like yes. the angel. Yep. And uh, do the right thing. Okay. Despite yeah. Film. Yep. Um, and I think this was like, right. This was like, he was like sort of well known at the time because he was definitely it was like and Danny Aiello like yeah. he got the special credit so yeah he's in the movie for like two and a half yeah. second and then a dog's face splits open exactly. on him or something exactly. that, yeah <laughs> they they tried to like recreate I think they 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 really went for the thing there absolutely definitely. there's no denying that I love that scene because you can see that the dog's just giving him kisses yeah yeah no the dog <laughs> looks so like friendly it's just crappy yeah. uh, ADR of a growling ah, dog but all that dog yeah. wants is to play and him screaming and yeah it's beautiful and the so, puppet. I, as much as I love the special effects in this movie, the puppet of the dog opening its mouth was not no, good at no. all. No, there's a lot of bad special effects as much as there's good ones. Yeah. Like, I think some of the stuff where they, like, were, like, I don't know how they did it, but where they're, like, basically pouring marshmallow yeah. in the hallways and stuff, that was really well done. I liked the scene with, like, he was in the airplane and it came in through the door. Mm. But then they also did stuff where it was obvious they were just... Green screening. Re- green screening or rewinding footage. Yep. There's one, yeah, there's one particular bad green screen near the end when they're like, when they're like fighting with, you know, all the guys running around shooting. There's like this terrible one that's like, it's, you can see the edges. Or like the kids inside the tanker truck and you can tell that he's not even in the tanker truck. Which is so bizarre because you think you could just like get a tanker truck, throw a kid in there and get some lighting and then you'd be done. You wouldn't need to green screen that. Yeah. And, but also like. I have a big problem with that scene in general. Yeah. And actually, Olivia brought it up when we were watching it. Like, I think that he would probably die 
just from being in there for one of two, if not both of these reasons, either he would have suffocated inside of there because like, I don't know how much like air is getting in there. That's a good point. And I mean, I'm sure there is some ventilation, yeah. but, but number two might be worse is the fact that there's no way to brace yourself while you're inside a truck like that whatever that stop he would have been smashed into the back (laughs) into the walls like he would have come out there bloody so yeah um so to kind of talk about what this film is uh basically uh two old men at a uh i don't know what it was supposed to be like one of those like sand and gravel companies or something they Mm. find uh they find some stuff and what do you do when you find a mysterious substance bubbling up out of the oh, ground? You put it in your mouth. You must definitely eat <laughs> it. Yeah. You know, at least he smelled it first, you know, and I guess he was like, ooh, that's sugary. Well, it's in classic cop cop TV show fashion where you got to bring it up to your mouth and put it in your mouth yeah. and go, that's cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, exactly. not just mm. like, huh, that's anthrax. Yeah, right. Shit. One of my favorite parts of this movie is uh, when the kid, and I'm kind of skipping forward, but the kid's eating the shaving cream, and then the dad takes like a gulp of it, and he's like, oh. and it's like, dude, wouldn't you just be like, that's fucking shaving cream? Like, you, it's not the stuff, obviously. Well, it's and that totally kid different. was a real champ. He ate a lot of shaving cream before yeah. he no, couldn't I've, take I've it. I've gotten anymore. a little bit of that in my mouth, and just made me not feel yeah, too that'd great. Be hard. Let alone spoonfuls. Well, we're gonna get to that kid and his <laughs> his acting because I have a whole thing about this movie that I I feel like something went wrong here, and I do have some quote about it later. But so basically, uh. uh then the film kind of skips forward into now the stuff has been has been marketed. It's his product, and like everybody's got it in their house. And uh, so this kid um, finds he goes down in, at night and he finds it in the fridge, well, and it's wait, like cr- they yeah. call it the stuff. Yeah, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the stuff, which is like a terrible name, but I guess yeah. it's supposed to be like how you know it doesn't matter if it's so addictive. How how you know, silly or but how still, stupid the name is. I, considering so much of this movie goes into like the marketing of it. It's like, all right, so you're, well, not to jump ahead, but mm. it seems like that's very important. No, go ahead. To the We're going to do it a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, with, I can't think of the character's name, the love interest who just immediately falls in love with the main character. Oh, so the marketing yeah, the TV director, the, the, yeah. com- the commercial director, the, um, the fact that they, jumped into the importance of marketing and it's called the stuff like yeah her name is uh nicole but we Uh. don't remember that but yes um i don't even think her name is mentioned other than in that one scene yeah that's why it's so easy to forget and she's such a one-dimensional useless character exactly that is it she was obviously thrown in for just to be a love interest (laughs) exactly there's nothing else well, so yeah, I guess we could set this scene quickly by saying this movie's basically about a industrial saboteur who uh, used to work for the FBI, FBI or the CIA or both. Maybe I think definitely the FBI. Yeah. Well, he talked, yeah, and he talks about a couple of things that were. He talks about like the DeLorean case, which was a uh, cocaine hmm. uh, bust, and and like another another big you know newsworthy case. Yeah. When they first meet up him. But yeah, so Michael Moriarty, who is uh, probably best known for, he was one of the, the the original Law & Order cast. He was one of the the lawyers. Mm. Um, that's probably what he's best known for. He is fucking my favorite thing about this movie more than anything else. He is so weird. And he's like a southern guy. Yeah, and, and his accent's not that great no, to the like, point hey. where... 
Hey everybody, I'm coming down here to the south. I'm very, I'm very amicable, you know. It's hard to tell if he's drunk or doing a really bad action or a combination of the two. <laughs> it's yeah, it feels like he's a little bit drunk the whole time. Well, because like when he first comes in, there's that line where he's like, "You're not as stupid as you look," and he's like, "Nobody's as dumb <laughs> as I look," you know. And I was like, "What do you?" But he's supposed to be like James Bond yeah. at the same time. That was the exact same. I have that written down right yeah. here because I had the same yep. thought. It's like, what the fuck are they even going for? Yeah. He like walks in there and that woman is just like, oh my, can I like take my shirt off in front of you? <laughs> like immediately. It's just like, what the fuck? There's, he's not, I'm sorry. Like there's, there's in movies, there's actors that I will believe that male or female where like they play up that like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. Mm. He's not like Sean Connery in the 60s, you know, it not even close. doesn't make sense like it would with that character. And it's it's really fun. And then adding that whole like Louisiana thing to it, just uh, I don't know. He's a really great. He's he, a really great character. There's something about his face that the entire movie I was trying to figure it out. It wasn't until like the very last 20 minutes. I was like, he kind of looks like really young, watered down Anthony Hopkins. Like, see not a dashing man at all. No. Kind of got, like, a creepy uh, vibe going I, uh, on. Which I thought Dave Foley from the I, Kids That was in the my hall. first thought. And then afterwards, I was thinking, all right, that's maybe unfair to Dave Foley. Uh, so let's yeah. go with Anthony Hopkins instead. Exactly. <laughs> I also will mention that this movie is the very first debut, debut role of Patrick Dempsey. Mm. From what show was he in again? Grey's Anatomy, that guy. So they had Patrick Dempsey in this movie, too. And Mira Sorvino. She's in the scene where they're in the uh, factory because she came to visit her dad, Paul Sorvino, at work that day. So uh, some other little interesting things then. Um, So Jason, this child, uh, he goes on a supermarket rampage because he is afraid of his stuff. There's something about this that whole angle, that subplot, that just... I think when I originally watched this movie, I hadn't seen Troll 2 yet. But just, like, the idea of a kid flipping out about food, like, you can't eat this. I, and the dad even reminds me of the dad from Troll 2, uh, where he's a total asshole, and then, you know, he gets infected with the right, stuff, and right. it becomes real nice. But before that, I'm just... Every time he's freaking out about the stuff, I keep on expecting, like, him to piss on it. And then the dad <laughs> be like, he can't piss on hospitality or something like that. can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. That was going through my head the entire time he's freaking out about the food at the house. Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means? Hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. What are you going to do to me, daddy? Tighten my belt by one loop so I don't feel hunger pains. And your sister and mother will have to do likewise. Okay, Joshua. You want to get rough with me? You want to show me that you don't like the choice of this house for our vacation by going on a hunger strike? Well, I'll accept the challenge. But just remember, when I was your age, I really did suffer from hunger. We'll see who gets through this. But just remember, I've got more practice than you. I'll see you tomorrow. No, this definitely has a lot of similarities mm. uh, to Troll 2, especially that. And the whole family aspect. It's um, That's one thing I'd like to ask you guys about. What did you think about... Uh, the, the? Did you realize that the two boys are really brothers? I had are. a feeling. Yeah. They looked similar enough that I wasn't sure if that was the case or if it was just yep. like, this is pretty goddamn good casting. What did you think about the fact that the older brother was totally a better actor? Yeah, yeah, they got it backwards. It should have been him who was doing the uh, the main role and yeah. the little brother who was trying to save or something right, like that. Right. It would make more sense. 
But that's why child actors are typically a bad idea is because it never works out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's what I I refer to him as a dead eyed child. Absolutely. We were saying the same thing. Uh, The best comparison I came to was uh, almost a watered down version of the lady who turns out to be on the and they live that dead eyed woman who at the very end, she's a human, but she works for the aliens. She's She's got like pure white storm is about to throw lightning bolts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. She's also, um, she plays evil Lynn because we were talking about He-Man before this in the Masters of the Universe movie. (laughs) Yeah. I I forget her name, but she's a fantastic actress. I always really liked her. But yeah, she has some creepy-ass eyes. Yeah, these kids are not as creepy, but they definitely have dead, soulless eyes. Yeah. A shark's eyes. So one thing that I noticed about this movie um, is that it's paced like everything just happens. Mm -hmm. So like... Mo just walks in and tells the whole video crew, like, all right, everybody stop. We're gonna we're gonna talk to her now. No, everybody stop. No, camera guy, go away. And everybody just does it. Like there's well, an- you walk in with a southern drunk drawl like that and enough confidence, people right? just you demand an air of authority. You know, Everyone's gonna just listen to you. He's and, got- and then he says to her, like, I have to admit, like, I lied to you. I'm not actually looking to buy your company. I'm an an industrial saboteur. Yep. And she's like Oh, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm just still so broken up about this stuff stuff, you know. And he says to her, like, this stuff that you're selling is bad. And she's like, oh, my God, I am right on board. Yeah. Let's destroy it. Immediately yep. we have to stop yeah, this. She's she's on board from the very get-go. Like, I'm pretty sure the scene where he walks in and is like, I'm going to buy your company. Uh let me take you out to dinner. And she's like, does your hotel serve food? And it's yes. like, really? You met yeah. this guy Did for two fucking service? seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was fast. Yeah. Like, so we can get breakfast. She Pump says it. I'm pretty sure she says it specifically like, so we can get breakfast in the morning. It's like, that's yeah. like, yeah. it's like, whoa, like you're not just hooking up. You're like staying the night <laughs> and like getting breakfast. Like, all right, all right, you like she, she could have just been like, "Can I have the keys to your house?" Like, see, I, I don't think this movie is necessarily entirely about supernatural goo that people eat. I think it's really a story about true love. It is a little love bit at about first sight. Actually, sadly, there was a love scene between them that was cut out of the movie. That's sadly. fine by me. Yeah, yeah. It and I think it would have. You know what's really great about it though is it probably would have happened. It said it was in the hotel, so mm. it probably would have happened right before he got attacked by the stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, that would make perfect yeah, sense. It would. So yeah, it would have fit that thing because apparently Cohen was like completely not allowed to make the movie he wanted, and the studio changed the pacing. So some of the stuff like Erica you were saying earlier about how the movie like feels really weird, like how you're describing it. It's kind of because the move, the studio was like, no, we want you to cut this and make the pacing fast and make it more like a horror movie. And that's not what he was going for. He's going yeah. for satire. Yeah, so. I saw some elements that seemed to they remind me a little bit of like Robocop, where he's trying to be that kind of thing. But either the studio stepped on his heels or he's just not that good to begin with and couldn't, yep. you know, do Fairhoven's. Uh, masterpiece RoboCop, right, basically, exactly. but it was a structural mess, and I don't remember that from the first time I watched it. I remember just thinking, like, this is a weird movie, but actually paying attention yeah. to it, it's like, what the hell is even going on? It's just one nonsense thing after another. Exactly. So, speaking of the supermarket rampage, what I mm. want to know is, 
does the stuff need to be refrigerated or not? Cause, cause they That's have what Olivia like, said, too. They have, that like, five you guys, coolers full of the stuff. And then they even also have the that. stuff stacked all along just, mm-hmm. like, the aisles yep. and in a pyramid. It's everywhere, but it's all, yeah. And I was like, are there different types of this stuff? Like, because it all is in the same packaging, so, yeah. It doesn't seem like it, which also brings me to... Um, the, the ice cream stores that just sell yeah. the stuff. It's like if you had a a vanilla ice cream store that only sells vanilla ice yeah, cream. But that's because it's so good. Nobody wants anything else. But I do think that's funny. He could have gone could have gone crazy with that. Like they have like yeah. you know, because that would have made more sense with the whole like commercialism thing that they give you like a billion options of really one product, you know? So like you go into like Target and you look at the ice cream shelves and it's just like, whoa. And it's like it it would have been cooler, I think, if it had this, you know, more multicolored display, even though I guess the conformity thing works in yeah, its own way. Yeah, that does make sense, actually. Um, would have been neat, though, if it had, like, different flavors that had different effects on people. Mm. True. So, something yep. like, uh, you know, you got your normal vanilla stuff uh, people, and then you got your, like, chocolate stuff people who, like, spray stuff out of their eyes. Right, and, right. And whatever, yeah, instead yeah, of their yeah. mouth. Something they just do crazy different. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the effect that it had on people, I could not figure out what the stuff's motivation was. Yeah. It had mind control effects on people. It sometimes, like, seemed that it wanted to be eaten, but why? Invasion of the body snatcher. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because it didn't thing. seem to need to possess people to reproduce. It's kind of like, well, <laughs> it's kind of like, honestly, not to jump too forward ahead, it's kind of the same question I have about society, honestly. I get, I guess it's more answered in society. Yeah. And maybe my question is more, what were they? And we'll get to that later. Um, but, like, what I'm I think that it's kind of, honestly, when I look at it, I just say the thing. It's the thing. Absolutely. Essentially. It's uh, some sort of like, it's like y- sentient yogurt or maybe not even sentient. <laughs> it just wants to consume and it's found a new source of food and that's human beings. And so uh, it like found a way to infiltrate our society. And then we're just so dumb that mm. we like eat it and market it. And it literally put it right into our system, even though it's terrible for us. And in the marketing of the stuff, like never ends throughout the movie, even yep. when it's obvious that it, there's a problem with it. And that, like the people who are the guy who's marketing is like, you better not try anything because this <laughs> stuff will kill you. It's like, they're working for the stuff. That but last they're not, part. They're I... not possessed though. Like the head honchos, as far as I know. No, they're just they're capitalists. Just, no, yeah. they're like afraid. They're like the stuff. Don't talk bad. I work. They like work for it. Yeah. They're like, they're like slaves to it. Well, the part at the end was a pretty good comment on capitalism as well, where at that point they know that eating too much of the stuff is deadly, but they still continue selling it under under another name. They just reduce the amount of exactly. pure stuff that they put into their product. Right. right. I and yeah, I wondered if that was in in like in res- in uh response or a reference to a specific thing i said specific product like because i immediately heard that i thought of like cigarettes and i was like oh that's not really what happened with cigarettes though yeah. i mean it kind of did maybe before when like they started to add uh chemicals to them and that didn't really change until you know or at least the government didn't really step in until way too late but yeah, it kind of felt similar to like, you know, products like that where like they had been sold for years and people were like, oh, now it's deadly. And yeah, oh. I, I, I mean, that does happen from time to time with products like uh, I seem to recall back in like the early 90s, McDonald's had to change how they were doing fries because uh, I think it was Hindus got really upset because it was all fried in yeah. like 
uh, fat, fat. That, yeah, be fat. Yeah. And then they were like, what the fuck? This goes against our religion. So mm-hmm. they were like, oh, shit, never happened. Let's sweep this right. under the rug. Right. Let's never talk right. about this again. In, in the context of the film, it works, like I said before, that conformist sort of look to it. Mm. It makes it even like crazier because the people just like, they don't care about anything else but the stuff. You yeah. know? I do think to kind of go back to the refrigeration thing you said, the first time you see it, it's also being refrigerated. Um, so I don't know. I think the stuff can just survive either way. And people are, they're just immune to, or they don't want to see like how dangerous it is. Maybe it's just preference for Maybe the refrigeration thing. Maybe it just tastes good thing. chilled. Yeah. yeah, or yeah. or warm really depends. You on could, like, how you like freeze want to eat your stuff. it. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> hot I don't fudge know. versus cold fudge. Um, Good either way. So, in this movie, uh, the capital of the United States is Midland, Georgia, um, because so much stuff takes place in Georgia. It, it's it's funny to me. Like you don't see much of anywhere else. You mm. see Virginia, and then they're on a yacht, which I think is in New York. I think they like sounds right. It seems like they're in like a, well, they're in a, the harbor of a city. So I just yeah. guess they were in New York. But yeah, and then so like most of this is done in like the American South and like you know Virginia, which is basically the South. And uh, I bet they weren't even in state of Virginia; they were just in another place in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this leads me to one of my uh, questions. So basically, industrial saboteur guy goes down and he, he goes to Stater because he's found some information about. Um, all these people who worked on the stuff and then they all just left. They, they, they did like a test in this town of it and then they all left. So he drives down there and there he finds this gas station attendant and this gas station attendant's like, you know, really wants him to go use the bathroom, which I thought was a setup for something. And, yeah. then, and I remembered this time, even again, I was like, oh yeah, that's not a setup for anything. So uh, what's his face? Michael Moriarty goes walking away to go check out this car and that's when we see Chocolate Chip Charlie, as we said. But before that, the gas station yep. attendant just runs into the Scampers woods. away and he's like looking back yeah. at him. The, they're looking at each other and, and they're he, making and he, eye contact. He doesn't, neither of them react. He just scampers <laughs> off and... And you never see him yeah. again. And I was like, just what gone. the fuck was that? <laughs> he did his job. Now time to disappear from the movie yeah. forever. It's good stuff. Did you know Abe Vigoda is in this movie? Did you? I did not that? notice yeah. that at all. It's he's in one of the commercials. Oh, it's like an the old, commercials were great. The commercials are great. Yeah, there were more of them apparently in the original cut that got cut out. Well, that yeah. is such a bummer. I hope yeah. that that original idea or film still exists somewhere so they could make something that at least resembles a movie with a cohesive storyline. There's possibly like a. Ripped with mm. that's pretty much that. Yeah, it's the commercials were probably the best production quality part of the yeah. entire movie. Yep. yep. And I mean, like they had, you know, they had a Vigoda, and I think there was another somewhat famous actor who was in one of them. That the, I think she, there was the woman who, like, at the very beginning of the movie, she's like the stuff. I used to like ice cream. I think she was like a famous actress as well. They had um the where's the beef woman in the commercial? She said like where's the stuff? Oh, you're right. That was the way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so there you go. Um, one of my favorite parts in this movie is where the stuff comes out of the pillow. <laughs> Just How because, what the hell? It's magic. It's, it's used for everything it, in this universe. It's it's pillow, pillow stuffing. Stuffed with the stuff. Yes, it's like that fungus in Nasca, the Valley of the Wind, the Miyazaki movie. It's just like slowly encroaching mm. over the earth. That's what I just like thought of it as like something like that. Like it's like a mushroom that's like super powered, or you know, and it's uh it's found a way to attack human beings so it can eat us and and use us to create its young but or it, something. It, it doesn't like it doesn't endow any powers on people of any sort. No, like it kind of turns them, them into like cardboard cutouts. Like you punch someone who's 
been infected with the stuff, and their face just crumples right. apart. Yeah, it basically well, just makes people weaker. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be, like, an alien thing. I, where, I, like, this stuff, like, Im- infiltrates you and then feeds on you from within. That's and the only then, thing that would make sense. <sighs> like, yeah. And then goes off to join the rest it's of the team. super stretchy. Yeah, it's pretty much the only like, advantage. It doesn't need to be inside you to kill you because there's plenty of people that it kills just by, like, engulfing. Right. Yeah, when it feels like it. When it feels like it. That's not more like yeah, like maybe it like eats. I don't know because yeah, mostly like it like blows people up and stuff. Like Mm. chocolate chip Charlie like explodes. Chocolate chip Charlie's death scene was the best part. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Poor chocolate. And he was also uh, that actor. I'm gonna look at his name real quick because it's up here. Um, Garrett Morris was also famous. And actually, uh, one of the fun little things is that. Uh, the director, Larry Cohen, wanted a Arsenio Hall in that role. I could have seen that been being pretty awesome. It would have been. I think it would have brought... I mean, uh, Garrett Morris is a fine actor, but yeah. like Arsenio Hall's a comedian, so I bring a whole new energy to yeah. it. You know? Yeah, like a lot of the Chocolate Chip Charlie stuff was kind of like, I know you're going for comedy, but you're not quite hitting it. Yeah. More so, what was funny was less the line delivery and more so that, who the fuck wrote this? It kind of feels like a movie that was made for people in the South to go like, oh, <laughs> colored man and a white man hanging out. Like, the, some of this stuff was a little bit like that. I was like, oh, And the fact that it all takes place in Georgia, yeah. uh, you know. It also makes me think, like, if that's the case, is it a Southern stereotype that black people are really good at kung fu? Because that's all he goes on about. That they, He's in, introduced Maybe. jumping over his car, yeah. trying to punch uh, punch the guy's lights out. And he says several times his hands are lethal weapons. Yeah. Also, he has some um, dubious uh, motivations because when he comes in, he was originally the owner of the company, right? Like, of the yeah. stuff. And he just got pushed out of his own company. So he seems to just want to get revenge on the people who stole his company from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the stuff, too, because he's, he's just really misled. Because he, he does kind of hate... He hates the stuff almost as much as Jason. Yeah. Um, but, like... It, I, he also, yeah, he delivers all those lines about, like, you know, my brother stole the company from me. Like, and... and uh, so I think, yeah, he's definitely trying to get revenge. But he's also sort of similar to those other two guys who are in who marketed the company it's just another version of that those types of characters so like he's and i think that, that he's just like set up to die basically Pretty he's much. one of those characters yeah you know? they didn't go into depth they just uh, introduced him immediately hey we're best friends even though i just tried to punch your face out and let's let's have some banter right uh, i'm gonna disappear from the film until the very end right well, see ya <laughs> i like using i really like using smoking and tobacco companies i don't know if larry cohen was trying to do that but i mm. really think that that's a good uh you know like metaphorical way of looking at it is that it's like all the people in the movie who don't use the stuff are all the good guys. Yeah. Except for the ones who use the stuff to get rich and don't, and don't eat it. So it's kind of the same thing. Like he's basically a guy who's like, well, I didn't smoke, but all tons of other people died from smoking. Like, and so I think that's kind of what he's going for with the character that like, he's a good guy, but he's still misled. So just like in any horror movie, he has to die. Yeah. (laughs) I could see this as being more of like just a, in general anti-capitalist because you see uh, the, like they never go into a grocery store. Like, they don't eat the well, stuff. Well, they go to one grocery store. Well, the kid does. <laughs> da, 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 and he just well, goes smashing. I love that scene. I'm yeah, sorry. no, the music is so intense, and it just <laughs> yep. seems so out of place for how goofy it is watching this little 
I don't know, eight, ten year old. It's the best acting. Out. It's the best acting Jason does in the whole movie. Well, it's yeah. been a lot of fun too. Oh, just yeah. knocking mm, over stacks so and stacks. Of- I love how like the one supermarket boy tries to sh- tackle him and misses completely, and he even <laughs> knocks the sign down like with a broom. It's so good. There were a couple uh, shots in there where I'm like. Okay, there's no way this kid is as good of like a, a body stunt actor. Yeah, he legit just fucking tripped right now. Yeah, exactly. When he went into like there was like a, a bunch of stuff in one of the aisles, yeah. and uh, he like tried to grab some kids. Some kid was eating it, and he tries to grab it, and then the a supermarket lady chases him away. And it, when he went into that thing, yep. it was like full speed. He just <laughs> I, I thought it was a mistake. Honestly, yep. they were like, keep it. It was good. Um, yeah, I love that scene a whole lot. Uh, so so. Basically, the whole thing leads to, once again, they just team up because his Jason's family have all, like you said earlier, they've been like completely enslaved mentally by the stuff and they are just eating it. Like we kind of said, there's a scene where they try to force him to eat it and he replaces but, the stuff with shaving cream. But they do this in the best way because they say, now, son, you are going to eat that entire container of the stuff. Now I'm going to send you on up to your room to eat yeah, it, and I'm just going to trust you. that you actually eat it and not watch you. Go on now. Yep. So he goes yep. upstairs, empties out all of the stuff into the toilet and flushes it, and then fills the cup up with shaving right. cream. And at here, he, well, yeah, I was going to say, at here, he makes his crucial error. At that point, he should have just gone back down fucking stairs. Or gone, he ate yeah, it. Or gone yeah. back in his room and waited a little bit and then come down. But no, he decides, aha, I shall put shaving cream in this and, and fills eat it. all the way to yeah. the top. Yeah. You know, to be fair, for a for a kid that age, that's kind of clever. It is clever, yeah. But it's also just like, yeah, I could see a little kid thinking this is a great idea. Yeah, no yeah, one yeah. will ever be able to detect this. The only reason this. he fails is because then he stands in front of his dad and is like, "You were right, Dad. I love the stuff <laughs> now." Just... And he eats it to prove that he's a chip, <laughs> but then he just keeps eating it he as just, his dad uh, yeah. staring at him. He until just he, digs in. Until he can't take it anymore and he starts to throw up and so his dad's like, okay, yeah, this this yep. is clearly a trick. And then, and then because this movie is paced in such a way that you do not even get to breathe, he runs outside and fucking Michael Moriarty's just there. Yep. He's like, <laughs> just I saw it move. That's the line. I saw it move. Get in. You, what? You saw it move? What are you talking? Like, he's like, it's like they already know what they're talking about. And the kid jumps in and pukes in his car. And and they're immediately, it's a buddy comedy. All of a sudden, they're all best friends. And then I guess I Mo just adopts him? Pretty much. He's like, I'm your dad way. now. But I think uh, my favorite line in the movie is after the kid pukes in his car, he says something like, hey, shaving cream. And uh, he just, he replies, yeah. Sometimes we all gotta eat shaving cream, right? Just He's, like it's not a big deal. It looks just like he, rolls over him. He says it like the kid is. Honestly, he says it like the kid is lying. I feel like, <laughs> like he's like, "Oh yeah, we gotta eat shaving," or it's like, or it's like things kids do nowadays that I don't get because I'm older. I could Tide pods. Yeah, yeah. Okay, eating Tide pods. Yeah, he like thinks it's a meme or something. Mm. He, it it definitely is a weird line, and. Uh, so then they immediately are like, we're going to go find this colonel. And like, so they all team up and they, they go find uh, Paul Servino. Um, I guess we also, we skipped the, Di- we should yeah, go back. We skipped yeah. the Danny Aiello scene. So, so first he, meet, he goes and he investigates Danny Aiello who worked on FCC or FDA. FC, yeah. He was the FDA. Yeah, yeah. So he was the food inspector. Right. Basically they were like, uh, he's asking him questions like, um, 
So did you really do any inspections? He's like, well, it's not drugs. It's food. You yeah. can eat it. Yeah. So yeah, we pretty much that's all we did. Oh, he's real damn convincing in that scene. I gotta <laughs> say, he's probably honestly he's probably the best. The best acting in the movie is him. Yeah, I would agree. You with know, that. it's a little over the top when the dog attacks him, as, mm. but. Uh, I, I love the scene because uh, there's that little part where, well, first of all, Michael Moriarty is just like, he loves the dog and he's just like so <laughs> happy to play with the dog. And he's like, you want some food? Let's go in the kitchen. And I was like, who the fuck just like. Do, who feeds another person's dog without asking? Yeah. yeah, like walks him into the kitchen. Like, what are you going to, what do you, I mean, I guess, I guess you'd assume that there'd be like a cookie. You go, you know, like. Yeah, even still. It's not your dog. It is pretty presumptuous. <laughs> I would like, yeah, I would ask. Mm. Unless I was like taking care of the dog or something where you're yeah. in the position. Yeah. But it's just like, he just some stranger. And, uh, so he opens the door and, uh, he sees there's a bunch of stuff. <gasps> and then Danielle is coming downstairs and he closes the door and he's like, Oh, I uh, should have offered you, you know, some water or something. And he's like, you know, I was, I was thirsty, but now I'm not. It's like the <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. awkward line. <laughs> and it's so, it's like, it's like one of those people being like, I'm not I'm being suspicious at all. Like wiping sweat <laughs> off. It's like, you say, why would you say that? Why did you be like, oh yeah, you know, um, no, I was just looking around. I was uh, just gave the dog a treat. Like he doesn't even know how to lie. Good. It's it's so weird that he's supposed to be this like spy, super yeah. saboteur. No, you're you're yeah. not convincing anyone. Your line delivery is just not that good. With your, if it wasn't for the fake accent, I feel like he would have done a lot better. Right, right. He just comes across as trashed throughout the entire film because yeah, he is Canadian. Yeah. So that is you were right. That is an accent. Mm. He is not from the south. Well, I mean, it was either that or he's drunk or just a bad accent and he's drunk yeah. company yeah. i tend to hope that that's actually the case okay i'm gonna do it for you fill her up fill her up uh, there are nice clean restrooms out there if you want to i must have taken the wrong turn off here somewhere uh this is stater isn't it yes it is yeah, I guess I know somebody here. I can't remember his name. Uh, Melville. You mean old Harold? He moved out. They just about all moving out of here. There's nobody here but you. Well, don't you want to wash your hands or something? I put in a new town. Could you stop that at twenty dollars? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I think I think it was a choice, and maybe the choice was that he was acting drunk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So they uh, eventually find out more that you know more about the stuff. Uh, as we said, the the dog, the Danielle's dog is obsessed with it because he feeds it the stuff, and it eventually, I guess, eats. I guess it dies. The stuff evacuates it and attacks him. Is the way I would describe what I think happened in that scene. Cause it's pretty vague. Yeah. At first I would be, I, when I first saw it, I was like, Oh yeah, the dog like killed him. But then when I watched it again now twice to cover this at this time, I was like, wait, I guess the like stuff killed him because it like came, it was like came out of the dog's mouth. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Well, I wasn't sure because the way they shot it, I couldn't tell if the stuff killed him or was evacuating the dog to go into him. Cause I right. don't think he had been eating the stuff. He seemed like terrified of the dog. Yeah, but it seemed like, because he said, like, we'll both get a treat. So I thought he, yeah. he was also eating. The whole thing was just totally confused because, yeah. I mean, you'd assume if he's feeding it to his dog, he's already eating it himself. Yeah. Then why would it kill him if right. 
he's already been possessed by the stuff. I thought that it was like, because again, I think there was this whole other thing where like the stuff had like sentience and mm. it was like doing more thinking than it's given credit for. And so like that part in particular, it was like the stuff had like a guardian watching him and he he gave that guy too much info. I'm like, why didn't the stuff trying to kill Michael Moriarty? Just let him leave and yeah. say, I'll kill you now, now that you're useless. Well, it I, definitely I, did have intelligence, though, because mm-hmm. it was trying to kill Mo throughout the film. Yeah. I think we might be overthinking that whole dog scene too much. I'm willing to bet they just had a dog puppet with like a snake-like jaw and they're like, eh, we, we got it. Let's use it for this. something. Yeah, yeah. You're assuming that there's logic to it. Yeah, yeah true. So uh, they all team up, as we said, and they go to find this. Um, actually, they fly down to Midland, Georgia, from state of Virginia, because I guess a bunch of the guys moved there. And so they find some of the guys, um, and they go for a limo drive. And honestly, I forget what happens in the scene, but I know that the guys are like, obviously, th- it's what I was saying before. They're they're like, oh, the stuff, like, oh yeah, you know. And they're like, Whoa. they're they're working for it. I yeah. feel like like they're they're like subservient to it. I think the limo even had the like the bands of the color that's on the yes. container on was, the side. Yep, yep. And I think, uh, yeah, so I think it was basically intended to be more like, oh, like, you know, th- these people are all, they're, they can't do anything about it. You know, they're mm. afraid of it, but they're also the ones pushing it on people. They're like, if so if the stuff is just, if you just do what the stuff wants and make it and serve it to people, <laughs> then it will not kill you, I guess. Is, is kind of what's going on. Or they're afraid that at any moment the stuff will just be like, no, you're, I'll kill you. Because that's Which what keeps happening. Which is fair, since the stuff has no clear motivation. Right, yeah. right. So as we said earlier, eventually they make their way to uh, this colonel. Because I guess like now it's like gotten to the point of where it's sort of post-apocalyptic, almost. It's like, on the, it's like the first Mad Max movie. And... Uh, <laughs> So, like, they find Paul Sorvino, and he's this super gung-ho, super racist, uh, as we mentioned. Also, he says he's the, he was always the best, the smartest, the best-looking. He's, like, <laughs> super over-the-top uh, character who's a colonel, and he's on, like, a military base, I guess. And Mo is like the stuff, and he Seems tells like him... like a, a private army, though. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, a, he's like a warlord. <laughs> more than he is it doesn't yeah it doesn't Except feel like a all of his base. army are like boys yeah, they're all like yeah, 15 year old boys I feel like <laughs> they were able to get four adults and they're like this doesn't look like enough people let's yeah. get some teenagers yeah. who are really unfortunate it's, looking to was, yeah. be <laughs> right in frame uh, it's literally they all look like the scene in Starship Troopers when they he's like <laughs> when they become the old men that scene yeah. he's like look at all these kids it's like we were the kids the other day you know that's what they're totally all that and then uh, there, because well, there's a great scene with them where um, there's a cut where it cuts quickly to all of them like ah, just yelling, and he's like ah, and they all stop immediately. Yeah. And then he's like, "Tip your drivers, tip all the drivers ten percent." Like, wow, Paul Savino, you're such a dick. So they, he tells him basically, Mo, I mean, tells him that the stuff is is communist. He yeah. basically does a Doctor Strange Love thing. I think it's like a shout out to uh, Jack T. Ripper. From mm. Doctor Strange, yeah, the I whole, think you're right. The infiltration of our bodily fluids. Yep. Yeah, no, they definitely they skirt on that border, but don't they don't pass the line to like right. This guy is fucking batshit insane. It's like no, he's just a scumbag who hates commies. Right. And was right. Right. Vietnam. Seems to a, that's be it. a bit of a conspiracy theorist who has yeah. his own radio. He's station. like Alex Jones before he got cool. Well, <laughs> and I actually got to mention this too. Right before that, there's another weird scene that kind of like plays into this stuff's like weird sentience. 
there's this scene where like I, I don't remember where they are but they get attacked i think it might be in the hotel room scene after she like burns the stuff off mm, his face i know great idea <laughs> I, I know um but there's this random flannel guy shirt like a mullet who just attacks them yep. and i was like random flannel what the who the hell is this guy so again it's like people who like work for the stuff they're like forced into or they're enslaved by it or it's inside of them controlling them yeah it's like very unclear um yeah there's no clear outline i'm fine with like not explaining what the stuff is no. but at least set up some rules and yeah, logic yeah. and this movie is completely lacking this it's totally. just kind of like yeah, sometimes the stuff likes to kill people. Sometimes it's, it doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes, well, especially uh, with with Jason the kid, where every time the stuff is like just about to kill him, and then just just sort of stops and blobs around menacingly yeah. until Jason is able to get rescued. And, and he's sort of like, "Come on, do it!" I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" It, it just plays in my theory that this other his brother couldn't like be in the movie for some reason. Yeah, and the original casting or the original they had to change it because. It really plays into the ending. So I'll get to that in a sec about how the movie ends and how it makes more sense if he was a teenager, at least a little bit more. Um, but so basically they all like storm area 51. Ha ha. That's the current name for anyone listening in the future. Um, <laughs> we know how to read a dance. Right. We'll dodge their bullets. <laughs> and uh, so Jason, like I said earlier, Jason gets put into one of those tankers. He goes into it. Like, he goes into tied, it, right, right. Which is For a no reason. great idea, mm-hmm, considering mm-hmm. that tanker's obviously going to be filled with the stuff. Yeah, like and, he was totally dead. And what's his goal in the first place? Because, like, first, you know, he's sleeping on the plane because they arri- arrove, arrived yeah. there. And then the stuff starts flooding in. He escapes out the back of the plane, runs off into the woods where you would assume he's safe. And then the next shot, he's like, oh, well, there's a bunch of armed people f- with tankers, I should go investigate this and crawl on top. And oh shit, they're gonna yep. see me. So let me uh, jump into the tanker. That's brilliant. Like, yeah, <laughs> He's pretty not much. A smart it, kid. But, but no. why? Like, doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. Hang out in the woods for a while. Because he is like singularly uh, obsessed with <laughs> destroying the stuff. The kid. I mean, just the every scene with him, he's so angry at the stuff. The only time he acts like pretty much at all is when he gets like all like angry about the stuff, mm. you know? So I just think they like, they played that up and the character like obviously hates it. That showdown inside the tanker with him and the stuff. Like I, yeah. I literally read a note that was like, did he just call this stuff a bitch? And I had to <laughs> rewind because I swear to God, I thought he did. He's like yelling at it so angrily, like, come on, come get me. Like he's going to like fist fight the stuff, you know? <laughs> um, and then that is followed up by another great, great fucking trope a cliche trope um the guy uh, guy in jumpsuit walks behind the tanker mo goes behind and then comes back out in his jumpsuit and it fits perfectly (laughs) yep of course yep not like in uh, indiana jones Mm. uh, where it didn't fit but yeah i i I love tropes like that the classic steal the random guy's jumpsuit routine um it's this film also i think is kind of similar in a weird ways to society in in like how it's this all-encompassing thing and like it's this stuff like controls people and it's like the society societal control i think there's a lot of similar themes at least like without um, a doubt you mainly that control theme also the kind of in that there's the the wealthy people on top and the ones who aren't eating the stuff are on the top um kind of just feeding off of the lower middle class who is enslaved by the stuff I also think it's weird that 
just like in society, as we'll get to, uh, Jason, which it makes more sense in society. Jason's like totally fine with just like his parents are gone. Yeah. I don't know what happened to them. See, I figured, I mean, going back to what you were saying before about his, his hatred of the stuff, they could have just had one scene where uh, they're like, look at your folks and family are dead. There's no way to bring them back. And then that could fuel his, like, oh, I'm going to do the dumbest thing ever and get into the tanker so I can stop the stuff. He doesn't even cry over them. No, no, no no reaction. He's just, like, dead face. Then again, considering how they treated him before they got infected by the stuff at the very beginning of the movie, they were fucking assholes. Like, he's going down for a midnight snack when he first discovers that it's moving around and his dad's like, what the fuck are you doing down here? You scared me. I shot you. I thought you were a home intruder. I love it. You scared me. Dude, you (laughs) you fucking grabbed him. Don't you pull that shit again. What's getting him Midnight snack. He's yeah. thirsty. Yeah, and when I think, yeah, it's supposed to be definitely that they're like they're too far gone, but they never say that. And it would probably make more sense if it was like a teenager dealing with that, and he would, yeah. that's why he was so angry and wanted to kill the stuff. Like, so again, teenager would have been better. Hi, look, he's here. So what are you looking at? Is that dinner? We're dieting. I've lost five pounds already this week, and I've never felt better. Why are you talking like you're on a commercial? Here, Jason. Take some. You know what I said about that. That was the truth. And you know that there is something alive in there. Jason, I mean, there's something alive in yogurt. It's called benign bacteria. Yes. I mean, there's something alive in a loaf of bread. It's yeast. I mean, that's a living organism. Mm-hmm, we yes. eat plenty of things that are still alive that are good for us. I know that, but that was moving. All microorganisms move, Jason. I mean, if you could see them with the naked eye. Yeah. I mean, under a microscope, you can see them move. So what's the difference? They're good for us, Jason. They kill the bad things inside us. He's just a baby. Always afraid of everything. Get him. So the militia shows up. They all go rush in. And the militia guy decides that Nicole, he's like... This is my woman now. Yep. This is my wife, yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, that's kind of my lady. And he's like, oh. I don't care. Yeah. No, he's no, like, he people, says something like, uh, like, you're probably not coming back from this mission anyway. Yep. Yes. He's like, you're probably going to die. Yeah. yeah. You know, you better watch your back, Mo. And Nicole's just like, well, I guess I'm with this guy now. Well, I mean, she does kind of seem seem to get uh, She's attached like, to people quickly. She is kind of grinning through her teeth, I think. She's kind of doing like the, mm. okay, yeah, just to get through this because she knows that, like, this guy is a psycho and she's just trying not to get shot in the face by this guy. That, that would make sense. I think I think that's Probably how they play it. Him. But it also is sort of, all, if, in a, if it was shot or made in a more satirical way, which I think mm. was the original intention, there it it's like this very conservative Reagan era like shot in the face. If that guy then gets destroyed by the stuff, Paul Servino just disappears from the movie, yep. sort of like everybody else does. All right, we're gonna leave it where it is. I own two radio stations down in Atlanta. We're gonna fly down there. We're gonna broadcast a warning. We're gonna tell the public what this stuff can do. And the people did believe. Um, because everything just is like a okay. They fucking I don't know. Stop the stuff. That, well, so back to what you said in the beginning about how everything just sort of happens. happens. Yep. Yep. They go on the air and they say, "Listen, everyone, the stuff is bad. It's controlling your minds." And then it immediately cuts to like a video clip of yep. Lauren giving a report saying, "And the people yep. believed it." 
And that was the end. Exactly. And we won. Yeah. It seemed like it was a lot of unfinished thoughts. And then they got to a point where they're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We just got to end this it's now. Li- they literally like the Hague got like the dee, 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 the like phones. Yeah. But it's the Midland Georgia line. <laughs> what are they, what's on Atlanta radio right now? You know, Especially like- considering that these people's minds are being controlled by the stuff if they've been eating enough of it. But then they just immediately switch to burning all of yeah. it as soon as someone on the yep. radio. Though if you want to give this movie, I think, a little more credit than it deserves, you could also tie that into the whole idea of consumer culture and media where it's like, even though these people were eating the stuff and were brainwashed by it, right. as soon as the media says this stuff is bad, people burn it. I, I guess would be a way it to look at it. It could also be considered uh, like kind of fad stuff where it's like yeah. you got a two-second attention span. It's like, eh, I'm bored of the stuff. I heard it was bad. It's made out of the same same stuff they make shoes out of, right, like the, right. the Subway sandwich bread. Or it could yeah. just also be terrible film writing. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a well, lot of things wrong with a, this. Yeah, well, like, there's a great line, uh, Paul Servino, it's, uh, so he's like, we never lost a war. And then Jason, my fucking thug <laughs> life Jason, is just like, what about Vietnam? <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. But Paul Servino's response is hilarious. He goes, we lost that war at home, Sonny. But he yeah. just said we never lost a war. Like, I think there's more stuff that was could have been played for laughs that wasn't or would have been more, like, satirical with a, a different, you know, cut of the film or with yeah. more stuff like that. I just, the film was taken out of his hands. He delivered two cuts that the studio hated. And one was his original idea. And the second was when they said, make, it, make the pacing better. And then the yeah. third, which is the final cut, was when he just was like, fuck and just made them what they wanted. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Player. I have not. Or um, what's another one? Uh, yeah, well, okay, and the, the Player's a good example because basically there's a film within a film in it, and one of the, the things is that like they're making a movie, and when it's in script phase, the whole idea is it has this really sad ending where the main actress dies, and, mm. there, and it, there's nothing the love interest can do. And then you see the film later on in the film, and you see the ending playing out, and you know it's the same thing. And then it's a happy ending where he just saves her at the last second. So yeah. they change the ending, and everybody, including the screenwriters, are like, oh, yay, that's oh, so God. great. That's what I kind of feel happened in this film. Yeah, well, I mean, that happens in real life constantly. Like, uh, they tried to change the ending of Brazil because yep. it didn't do well with test audiences. Thankfully, they won that one. Yeah. Uh, same goes for Little Shop of Horrors. They actually successfully changed the ending. The original ending is phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Like, that footage is so good of the giant plant monsters causing the apocalypse. Instead, well, no, luckily, he beats Audrey too. Everything's fine. Luckily, uh-huh. luckily, it exists, though. Yeah. You know, sadly, I don't think the original cut of this exists anywhere. Yeah. Or if it does, it's like Larry Cohen in Larry Cohen's garage or something. You know, it's 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 never going to come to light. No one ever is going to want it. I personally think this film, I give it like a four. I don't think it's yeah. in the canon, but I think it's like close to it. It's definitely a good movie, and I, I would recommend it to people, but it's not great. I don't regret watching it, but it is the kind of thing I, I would maybe recommend having on in the background. I think that's why I enjoyed yeah. it so much the first time, is I was only giving it, you know, 50% of my attention. Mm. I think it's a good party movie to watch yeah. with a bunch of friends and laugh at. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, because every time you, you tune in, it's going to be like, what the hell is going on? Right. And it's the same thing that if you were paying 100% attention to, you're going to have exactly. the same thought. Exactly. All right. So that was the stuff. Um, We are going to take a quick break here and then we'll come back with society. For Bill Whitney. I've never been paranoid. Fear plays a large part in family life. I feel like something's going to happen and 
If I scratch the surface, there'll be something terrible underneath. He's afraid his sister... Could you zip me up, Billy? ...is not what she seems. He thinks his friends are out to get him. Make waves with you, you're gonna drown. People are what they are. Now you have to learn to accept that. He's about to find out the truth. <laughs> so why, why are you guys doing this to me, huh? Boy, you've been living with these people all your life and you didn't know anything about this? It's far worse than he could ever imagine. If you don't follow the rules, Billy, bad things happen. Didn't you know, Billy boy? The rich have all sucked off low-class scum like you. Uh-oh, guy. Clarissa? Don't be so intense. Now, some people make the rules, and some people follow the rules. It's a question of what you're born to. You never were one of us. <laughs> you know, you really deserve what's going to happen to you. I don't think so. Wait. Can't you see they're setting you up for something? You know how I hate to give you drugs. You're officially dead. Don't go home, Billy. No, 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 no. Bill Whitney is about to become one. Society is a 1989 American body horror film directed by Brian Yizna and starring Billy Warlock, Devin DeVasquez, Evan Richards, and Ben Meyerson. And uh, it was your pick this week in Plot Follows, a Beverly Hills teenager uh, with the license plate Hoops, who finds his wealthy parents are part of a gruesome cult for the social elite. Movie is so rich. There is. It's Beverly Hills, baby. The houses are so goddamn ugly. Yeah, just they are. Oh, super ugly and way too big for the amount of people that live in the house. Exactly. What are you just... talking about? You need at least 10 rooms per person. That's true. <laughs> well, someone with a collection of bones like you might need 10 rooms <laughs> for <laughs> one person because we're running out of place to put Someday. shit. Someday you'll have an ossuary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this movie definitely is uh, interesting. Uh, it's sort of, I think it's sort of satirical, but less satirical than the stuff. But there's definitely a bit of that bent in just the overall idea of it. But this one, I think, is more, you know, like, while this, whereas the stuff was written satirical and turned to a horror film, this was a horror film with satirical elements. Um, so why did you pick this film? Uh, because I love meat monsters yeah. and uh, Cronenberg kind of stuff. That's that's really all there is to it. That and I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, it's well put together, good production value, and really good practical effects. Like they really blow their load at the very end of the movie. Oh uh, yeah, screaming <laughs> both literally and figuratively. Yep. <laughs> as far as body horror goes, I think it's got some of just the best visual effects yeah. I've seen. Short of Cronenberg, who's kind of cheating. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's kind of... 
you can't live up to Cronenberg. No, it's, it's just not that's, doable. Yeah, it's funny actually. I was in the Lego store the other day, and this guy, the guy who worked there, was like, "Oh, check out this." We were like looking at these little penguins that they had made, and he's like, "Oh, check out this one I made," and it had like a bunch of eyes on the arm, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's like the thing." And he was like, "Yeah, it's like a Cronenberg penguin." <laughs> I was like, nice. I like that. That since Rick and Morty, that's just become a thing. I know. I, I that was the first thing I thought. That was the first thought that went in my head. I was like, I wonder if he knows that more from Rick and Morty than. I bet a lot of people David. do know that more from Rick and Morty a at this point than this movie. Probably yes. don't even know that he's a, a movie guy. They probably just think Cronenberg's a term Rick and Morty made up. Mm. Well, d- I didn't they? I yeah, they could, but I think they did like explain it in the episode. But they could still have missed that, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But I think they were like, yeah, it's like the David Cronenberg movies or something. Because Morty was like, "What are you talking about?" Because he wouldn't know what that <laughs> was. <laughs> of course yeah. he wouldn't. Um, so yeah, the uh, the practical special effects at the end of the film were done by Joji Tani, uh, who is also known as Screaming Mad George. That's what <laughs> he's known as in this movie. Uh, he's a special effects artist, film director, and former musician. And I wanted to throw this in here just because I thought he was cool. He was born in Osaka. He immigrated to the United States, and that he became known for surreal, gory effects. And he has collaborated with Brian Usna on many films, apparently. So he's done a, a couple different things for him. I don't know. Did not actually look far enough. I guess I should, but uh, I don't know. He might have even worked on Reanimator, which was another one of Usna's produced films. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of elements in that where uh, special effects kind of make the movie, I think. The storyline's yeah. good enough, but goddamn those practical. I, like, I just want... I know this is fantasy land, but I want a movie that's like an hour and a half of just like meat puppets and teeth and just gross slimy stuff i mean that's yeah that's basically cronenberg yeah yeah but he he works in a little bit of yeah true true. i want like i wish cronenberg's kid instead of doing his own unique thing was like fuck you dad i'm gonna i'm gonna trank it up to 11 right (laughs) (laughs) this ain't your dad's cronenberg (laughs) it's the new cronenberg Yeah, he did, let's see, so Junji did uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He did effects on that movie. How about that, right? Uh, That's not not too surprising. Uh, Predator, Mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4, Dream Warriors and the Dream Master, Um, and, oh, Tokyo, the last Megalopolis, Megalopolis, which is a good one. Um, So, yeah, he doesn't look like he worked on Reanimator. I'm not going to look too far, but. Yeah, I didn't know not Reanimator, but he did work on some other stuff with Brian Yuzna. I love that part of the movie. Uh, not to jump right to the end, yeah. Was, but uh, yeah, it's it's really really gross and freaky, and I, it's especially the 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 part that really gets me is the people who have the like skin connecting their mouths. Almost to, like a proboscis. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, and their eyes are like rolling back, and it's yep. ugh, it's very. And the I think the best thing about it is the red, um, mm. the like womb like color of everything in that scene. It's like really, really like almost like pink. And everyone's so sweaty and greasy. Yeah, yeah. And there's a yeah. very sexual element to this, which we'll get to later. Yeah, in terms let's. Of, uh, Let's roll back to the like yeah. beginning here. So Billy Warlock is just a fucking cool ass kid who plays basketball and has hoops for a license plate. He's got a bitchin' mullet, yeah, which is my first note, and I think yours as well yeah, when you watch pretty, the movie. Pretty well, actually, my first note, in all honesty, still has to do with him. Was just Billy Warlock in all caps. So I saw <laughs> that name and I was like, "That is the sickest name!" Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um, but yes. The next one was, man, I hope that guy's Billy Warlock. Because, A, his name is Billy in the movie, too, which I love when that happens. Yep. 
And I think that actually was, I'm, I'm not going to look at it up, but I'm pretty sure that was Jason. The actor's name is also Jason. So we got a double on that maybe this week. I feel like they, they just do that for people who can't remember their yeah. character <laughs> name and, and don't know when Billy. to react. Yeah, but whatever. Like, Billy, Billy Warlock would also go on to be in, I think, One Life to Live or General Hospital. He was on like hmm. soap operas later in his career and, and had like a career resurgence there. Um, so he's just, you know, hanging out with his buddy Milo and uh, feeling... He feels like alienated from his family. He's and afraid of his family. Yeah, yeah. He seems to have this like unexplainable paranoia that there's just something off with all the people around him, but he can't really right. say what. Right, and he feels like he's he even I think so goes so far as that he thinks he's adopted at one point. Yep. Um, I could never I couldn't tell in the scene if that was supposed to be like a joke because he's like doing that thing where he's like oh, oh oh you know just saying crazy stuff. But uh, I definitely feel like, yeah, and, and even the, the psychiatrist, psychoanalyst character says it to him, like, you teenagers feel these feelings of alienation from people. So it's kind of playing on that, you know, and uh, so he's like, he's like, you know, feeling, and when I was watching it, I was like, I, ple- I wonder if they're trying to go for this angle where he's like, he's feeling feelings for his sister, and then yeah. they cut that, at a little bit of that back. They definitely did kind of delve into the incest thing. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there's a scene later, which we can go into more detail as we get there, but uh, he's looking for his sister and he just walks into the bathroom. Yeah. And she's showering. In the shower. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, you do not do that. Like, yeah. you don't do that to anyone, let yeah. alone your fucking sister. So I think you're, you're 100% right. There's a lot of incest. Uh, yeah, qualities well, on his end too, as well as the family's end. Exactly. Well, yeah, definitely. On well, the yeah, it's end. Made, they make it pretty mm-hmm. goddamn clear what's going on with them. So he's just like hanging out. He's trying to make his girlfriend like happy, and she wants to go to this party at Turd Ferguson's house. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of from now I was like Turd Ferguson. I have to call him that. <laughs> Ted Ferguson was his name. So uh, he's like. You kind of get these inklings that there's like something off with these kids, but it's also kind of played up as just like the normal high school horror, which is one of the things I texted you guys that this movie really reminded me of, uh, you know, a little bit of like Halloween, but more of uh, Scream. In in uh, I think Scream has like a B movie quality to it. Yeah, it had it's it really focuses on the teenagers in the in the picture, and they're not just they're also not just like. Uh, body bags and like in most slasher films where they're just like they're all just gonna die like there's more of like you get more character from the pretty, teenagers pretty fleshed out yeah. i mean uh, fleshed out as much as they don't look at me like that i know you're gonna make a pun fleshed you? out fleshed yeah. Out. yeah that yeah. was a good all one. right um but yeah there, there's a little there's a little more dimension to them as much as is needed for a movie that knows it's kind of goofy and ridiculous right, right. like this def- movie like you said with scream no, it's self-aware. So this yeah. movie is very much the same. It knows it's kind of just a little bit of schlock. Exactly. But fun schlock, and that's really all that matters. Oh, it's super fun. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's also really well acted. Yeah. I, I don't think that it, it... It doesn't feel like most movies like this. Like, I was surprised at the level of the acting and the level of the script. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that it's bad. No, I definitely yeah. wouldn't. Out of the two, I'd, I would definitely recommend this to pretty much anyone. Yeah. Definitely, and I definitely wouldn't call it even good bad. Like it's not even in that quality. Like, Did you recommend it to your grandma? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Nah, maybe not. They're not my grandmas. They're weird. I mean, my grandma <laughs> could, you know, watch it from beyond the grave. <laughs> if she's watching me, then yeah, she's, she's seen all sorts of yeah, horrors. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I also think that it just 
it flows better than movies like this. It mm. it just feels like a weird anomaly. And so I was not surprised, I guess you'd say, when I found out Reanimator was also a film that he was... Ba- basically, you could say he directed it as the producer. I mean, the producer on a film is a lot of their hands yeah. in it, and he, it was his picture. If he had been smarter, he probably... Well, maybe not, because I guess delivering, you know, getting a director's a good idea, but if he had been smarter, he might have directed it himself, because Society is actually his directorial debut. So he had made a couple movies before this and then was like, screw it, I'm not getting a director, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, kind of the opposite issue with uh, the stuff. Yes. But that was his directorial debut, and it's just a complete mess. Exactly. This one, he, like, I'm kind of sad that he, you know, I don't, as far as I understand, isn't still directing anything of this variety know. today. Uh, not of this variety, yeah. I don't think. But when I looked him up earlier, I mean, we found you. You texted me this that he uh, he was a producer on Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but he also worked on like the the American version of the Guyver live action movie. Oh, that's He's a bummer. I thought he did like a movie actually on the Guyver, not the no, American no, version. No, no, no. Oh, that's no. a bummer. But uh, you know, Bride Reanimator Dolls is another one by him that uh, we should cover sometime. That one's really good. Uh, Faust, as you also said. Yep. So he's been working on stuff, but it really looks like, as a director, I mean, he hasn't done much stuff since like 2010, 2011. Um, he did uh, the, I think it's called The Dentist. The Dentist in 96. Yep. I watched, but honestly, the only thing I remember was seeing the cover in the blockbuster because yeah. that cover's really enticing. Oh, yeah. Is it the one with, I'm looking at it, I think, right it's here. Like with razor blades in the mouth. Oh, no. This is, the, oh. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's like a razor blade in, yeah. Dentistry. <laughs> I don't know if I could watch that one. I've heard of it, but I'm not good with that. Well, the fact s- that I've seen it and the only thing I remember is the VHS box art uh, yeah, should probably, probably be pretty good. low on your yeah. list. Yeah, exactly. But so he's been, yeah, it looks like he's kind of always done stuff like this. I mean, he did a movie in 2004 called Rottweiler, mm-hmm. and it's a science fiction horror film. So the last thing he did, 60 Seconds in the so- in, of solitude in year zero and it's a so it's he directed a bunch of one minute short films so i guess i don't know yeah but yeah so i it seems like he's still been doing this stuff the whole time he never yeah. he never like other than and even honey i shrunk the kids kind of fits oh yeah in this weird i mean it's sort of horror-esque there's a it's, lot of I- imagery in that movie that freaked me out I when just, i was a kid i just had a thought is the Honey I Shrunk the Kids, or I guess not Honey I Shrunk the Kids, but is Honey I Blew Up the Kids a kaiju movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe technically, I don't know. Honey I Blew Up the Kid versus Godzilla. <laughs> I want to see that. Um, so yeah, the society. So we got some. Uh, let me see where we go. So yeah, we may as well skip to the scene. You, you referenced it earlier. Um, Things start getting really weird for him. Uh, and so I think it starts out... I can't remember if this scene happens before or after. So um, I'm pretty sure it's after, though. So I'm going to go in that order. So there's this guy who used to be dating his sister. And he, like, is hiding in her closet and gets kicked out of the house. But he's trying to, like, tell them something. And they, of course, aren't listening because they're just like, oh, you know. Because he comes out of her closet and pins yeah, her down true. to the In the bed. most rapey way he possibly could. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Honestly, yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked out. At yeah. the beginning, I was like, oh, are you kidding? This movie's going to start with a rape? I was like, yeah. really? And then I was like, okay. Oh, wait, no. I think he's actually, like, distressed. 
and like trying to be like, no, no, no. Like, like it seemed more like the, 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 the Nazis are right downstairs. Be quiet <laughs> type of like action. So I was like, okay. And then he comes, he, he comes back when they're on the beach and, uh, he's like, Hey, I got to show you this tape. And, uh, he shows him this tape of what sounds like his parents and sister talking about having sex with each other and other people. And then a murderous orgy yep. with like some disgusting ass sounds and, yeah, everybody like having sex together is very squishy. Yeah, yeah very squishy against yeah. meat. And so this, this guy Blanchard. Uh, he and for reference, they're they're talking about his sister's coming out party. Yeah. Which if you're if you're not familiar, as Alex wasn't, is basically a wasp version of a bat mitzvah. Okay. <laughs> that was she. Yeah. No. Olivia asked the same question, and I was like, I don't know. It's like some rich people high school yeah. thing. Is it thing? rich people yeah. do where you basically like? You're like coming out into society, so you're stepping out as and be, um, presenting yourself as an right. adult. Right. Um, plus, also you have a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like a one of those weird, like, uh, like ritualistic things that mm. they only make like women go through. That is going <laughs> go. I mean, because it didn't seem like a thing that like did did like Todd have or not Todd, whatever his name is, Turd Ferguson, Ted, did he have a coming out party too? Or is it, it seemed like it was like a female you know, thing. I think it's so. It's basically a more modern debutante ball. Okay. So yeah, but I, I mean, guess. bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs happen for men. And right. Men, true, so. true. True. So like maybe it's called like a, something different for guys, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. But so, so they're <laughs> discussing this, this party, her coming out party that they're about to have. And they're discussing how like first they'll have dinner and then she'll be presented. And then the copulation. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then, and then, like, you actually get to hear that, and it's pr- that that is a great scene, actually. Like Billy, Billy Warlock really turns it up there, and he's yeah. like, for, I mean, obviously he's freaking out. He's like, this is disgusting. Before we leave the beach scene, though, you had an observation about the beach. Uh, which which? Oh yes, I want to know because there's a shot where um him and his girlfriend uh. She she disappears for some reason when he's going to talk to Turd Ferguson about like let me right. in the after, uh, after they get killed by the or not killed after they get attacked <laughs> with sunscreen by the ultimate yeah, yeah, warrior I kids. wrote down sunscreen bukkake here because right. that's all I could think of and it's like two kids with like wrestler yeah. fucking like <laughs> face paint but uh, yeah he goes to talk to Turd Ferguson turns around she's gone away from her towel and there's just a pigeon walking around on the beach I never saw a single seagull in this movie so just the California beaches. You have pigeons instead? Oh my god, I might have to outsource that question. Yeah, I didn't, I actually, didn't mean to look it up. But well, it, I'm going to be doing a guest spot next weekend on a podcast uh, via over the internet with mm. a guy who's in California. Uh, Bad Rad Movies podcast. Shout out to you, Rich, Richard. I'm not. Sure, I think he likes Richard better. Um, so I'm going to ask him if I remember on that podcast. <laughs> See. There were pigeons. I mean, I think this movie was a, was a, a possibly was shot completely in L.A. It yeah, seems like looks it. that way. Yeah, um, I got to Yeah, we're gonna have to figure that out. If pigeons, never seen a pigeon on a beach. I mean, it could no. just been like a weird one shot, and they're like, eh, fuck it, no one will notice. It does. I noticed. Yeah, it does seem like one of those dirty beaches. Yeah, like, yeah like, a little bit. It's an urban beach. This, this is a members right. only beach. True, but the filmmakers weren't the rich people from Beverly <laughs> <laughs> Hills, you know. They just had that one really nice house, and then they maybe. Well, I guess they had two. Because I, I also, I had a question. Did you ever see the exterior to the the girl? Uh, I can't, I can't remember her name, but the girl that becomes his love Clarissa. interest, Clarissa. Correct. Did you ever see the exterior to that house? I don't think fully. I think they showed a little shot of 
him walking into like a side of the house that has mm. like the screen door. So yep. it might have just been like the back shot of the mansion. That's what I'm thinking. Like, let's just shoot yep. this one really area. No one will know. Budget to rent one big yeah. house. Yeah. They just yeah they just went around to different different rooms and shot it as if this was in another. Yeah, I mean it would. It would make sense. It would be a smart thing to do mm. in that situation, they like utilize it. The same mansion for Turd Ferguson's giant outdoor party. Yeah, it's probably the yep. They probably <laughs> use the same pool because they don't. I don't think they show the pool, or if they're. I'm I'm just assuming there's a pool at this house, but Billy does go to the beach, so I wonder. Mm. Um, but yeah, they they probably just the pool that was in the backyard of the same mansion that they. It it, it is a pretty good exterior shot. Um, and it sets up this whole, you know, the audaciousness of and his particular family being like really rich. Well, you know? also, I think for some perspective, um, his family is like of the elite and his girlfriend in the beginning, Sherry, she I, I'm pretty sure is not a yeah. part of this elite society. So she's clearly like the lower of the upper class she shows up in this fucking like red sports car that probably yeah. costs as much as my parents yeah. house and she's one of the poor ones exactly <laughs> one same thing like uh with with blanchard and uh, and even billy because billy is uh you find out via a line which is not even really finding out but in, later on when he says um I don't, you like God knows where my mother is. Like, it's I. I was like, I guess that's the movie telling you that he is adopted and like. Well, they do something. tell him at the big orgy that he is adopted. Yeah, right. so they, his suspicions are true. Confirmed. True. I always yeah, I forgot. And he says like they they weaned him up them. They raised him up. He's like basically livestock. Yeah, um, that's that's true. I I do love too how like the uh, the scene where with the cops when they're first introduced with Blanchard's uh, accident. I like how that is shot. And it made me notice that a lot of this movie is hand cam. Even yeah. like, even like shirt shots that would normally be steady are like move. And I kind of like that. It's like a little, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit like of that, you know, not, not, he's not a director. He's kind of like doing how he would feel you should make the movie. And I like that he made some of those choices because it mm. kind of makes you feel like you're in, in there in a lot of the scenes. But it's, it's so subtle that it's, it's not really the kind of thing that would ruin an experience. Right. It's not like exactly. action films where everything is hand cam. So yep. you can't tell what the hell's going on. This right. is just very, oh, very mild. Oh, Cloverfield. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Started. Oh yeah. Where literally I like want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and like, I like, I, I respect the hustle you know, maybe for everything other than like hardcore Harry, which I wouldn't even watch, which I just watched like part of the trailer and was like, I could not watch 20 minute film. That was yeah. this. I, I respect the idea because you're trying to like, as we've been said earlier, like doing different things in, in, you know, in, but in the realm of filmmaking, um, but at the same time, like that's just don't make a little don't, too much. Yeah. Don't do something that's going to make me throw up unless it's like a sequence. Like, all right, I, the, the movie Doom is not good, but that one part where it yeah. turns into old school Doom, that was really clever. I and think that like, was the only good part of the movie. Right. So if like you had a movie where that happens and the rest of the movie is different, like I'm okay with you yeah. adding shots like that, like first person, handy cam, like crazy action following camera type stuff. But it's in everything now. So like you're trying to watch, trying to like watch like a movie like Avengers or something and you're just like, Jesus, there's like so, I'm like, oh. Too much, like it's my eyes. Yeah, yeah, I'm like my eyes and my brain are tired. And after it just a while. seems to me like it's just a good excuse to have editing to hide your 
shit cinematography. Yeah. Like, if you were just, if you could frame a shot better, you could show us everything that's going on rather than, eh, you know, the actors aren't really good. I don't know how to frame a shot. So just shake everything all over right. the place and right. then make quick edits. Right. And exactly. No one will know. Their, exactly. their brain will know they saw something it'll they'll bring yeah their brain will know that it's flashy and yeah. they'll attract it attracts a lot of people it's it, flashiness you know so back to society so yeah he like blanchard gets killed by the society um and uh ted ferguson at the party tells him he did it billy manages to recover the tape though yes mm. well no he gets oh no blanchard gives him the tape and then he gives it to his psychiatrist yeah and then the psychiatrist uh, he comes back and the psychiatrist is like, Billy, listen to this. And it's like an innocuous, it's the same conversation, but instead of copulation, they say, then we'll dine or then we'll, you know, something, something like, like that. Yeah. And it's just like a normal conversation. Yeah, instead of like, so you mean I get to do it with everybody? This time yeah. she says, you mean I get to dance with everybody? Yeah. A whole lot of the beginning of the movie is a Billy questioning his own sanity and like yeah. everyone around him trying to make him think he's insane. Also, just, yeah terrible idea on his his end to give it to the psychiatrist because he even like fought against it he's like no we got to listen to this now which yeah. makes perfect sense you'd think he'd be like oh, i'm just holding on to this tape because he even says at the very beginning when he's talking to the therapist he's like i'm afraid of my family and the therapist are you afraid of me and oh. that's okay and uh <laughs> yeah basically uh it just seemed like such a bad idea. Like, like a, you're yeah. afraid of this guy. Don't <laughs> yeah, trust him. Exactly. But the therapist is gaslighting him. Like, he convinces him, like, of course you can trust me. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, have some Still drugs. don't trust me, Billy. Yeah, like, don't make me give you drugs. Let's just leave the tape right. with me, and we'll listen to it tomorrow, mm. which was Billy's big right. mistake. And I also think, it, it, as much as I, I love pointing out those moments in movies where it's like, just press play, dude. And, <laughs> and like, but it fits, because when you think about it, you're like, well, that guy's evil, though. Yeah. Like, so that would give away the whole movie, first of all. But also, second of all, it'd be like, what happens then wouldn't, like, fit. So it's like, I think in in movies, those choices are what make people watch movies. Is you're like, how is this dumbass still alive? You well, know? The, the thing is, especially with the tape getting recorded over, even if he had the original recording, it wouldn't really change that much. I mean, they, they set this whole thing up, like you were saying. Um, is he insane, or is there something actually going on? But they right. don't really... I mean, I guess you could argue maybe it's all in his head. Well, I'm pretty sure by the really end, crazy. I think we're confident That's... that it's all real. But yeah. up until yeah. that point, there very much is the question of... Because uh, at the beginning, he does have some hallucinations. Like, he bites into the apple in the therapist's yep. office and sees worms. Yeah. He sees so, like, Clarissa and the his sister backwards, which, again... And that's probably real, given what we know by the end, but it seems like maybe he's just crazy. Well, that's something I was going to ask at the very end, but might as well... No, yeah. no it's fine. I, no, gun. no, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wondered that myself, but... Uh, we'll, we'll get back to it, because, yeah. because it'll once we kind of, like, talk about more of what happened... It'll kind of help remember exactly what I wanted to say about uh, it. But I don't uh, think we specifically uh, outlined what happened in the shower scene. So he bursts in looking true, for his yeah. sister, and you can see through the um, the kind of clouded, he's like yeah, the clouded glass. Yeah, he's like, that doesn't really do an effective job of yeah. hiding who's no. showering. You can see her her prosthetic She's, boobs on yeah, her back. Yeah, which are like 10 times bigger <laughs> than her actual breasts. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cartoonish. No, you didn't see her breasts, but from her in a bra, you could tell that that was yeah, not no the way. same. Yeah. Right. When she's like face forward, she's very much like a double A cup. And yeah, then in the shower, yeah. when her torso is like twisted around behind her it's back, like, she goes like a, a double G. Yeah. yeah. It's like paper mache <laughs> boobs on her I mean, too. you can barely see them. Why waste right. money on that? Anyways. I will. I will say it works as an effect. I wish that 
like it had worked a little bit better. Yeah. But it, I still think it was an interesting, you know, attempt at, at going for that. Um, and I think that part, part of the reason is that that particular, like, shower, you know, glass is so obscure. Mm. Yeah. That, like, the parts you can't see work, but it was, like, it needed to be almost more frosted. I liked it. I thought it made sense that they made her boobs so ridiculously big, given that if you couldn't tell her boobs were on her back, yeah. you lose the entire point true, of that scene. True, true. Exactly. I liked the one way better with Clarissa, but that was obviously a way better, way easier to do because you could yeah, hide the other absolutely. actress under a blanket. It's just a nice practical. And yeah, that, but that it was looked a really great. good effect yeah. of like you're not quite sure what you're looking at. Like, mm-hmm. like it seems mm-hmm. like her body's twisted around in a natural angle. Exactly. But. So uh, basically, Billy, um, he's as this is increasing, uh, he's starting to get really freaked out. He's also starting to receive, um, because he starts seeing Clarissa after the Ted Ferguson's party, and he starts to receive, like... Yeah, he rebounds fast. Yeah, he rebounds fast. Because, like, Sherry gets super mad at him that he can't get them into Ted Ferguson's party, and she, like... Sort of breaks up. She with says, him. "I maybe we should yeah, break in up in that typical high school way, where it's like that clearly wasn't a solid breakup." Right. So then he gets the invite to Ted Ferguson's party. In that classic Im- high school way, he goes and cheats on her because yeah. he's like, "We're broken up." Yeah, goes and immediately bangs Clarissa. I'm pretty sure it's been like less than 24 hours since Sherry yep. allegedly dumped him. Um, and then she shows up the next day and is pretty pissed off. Well, yeah, she, she disappears. Goes, she also, well, he, yeah, because he's like dancing with Clarissa at, Clarissa at the party. And then this random girl who you like realize later is uh, the girlfriend's friend sees them and like she calls her and then they show up and they're like, what are they doing in there? Oh, they probably like, they're so nasty. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, who's that? And it's when her mom comes in. But then they just disappear from the movie, except yep. for that other, mm-hmm. you know, that like breakup part. And it's just so weird that like there's so much little stuff like that where like characters just kind of like disappear again. It's not as bad as the stuff. No, but you had this some similar stuff like that. And then um, so like he he sleeps with Clarissa. He sees her backwards like that. He sees her mother. And she like spits up hair into her hand. She's holding a ponytail. And, she's, yeah, she's and they just mother. don't explain it. You figure it out later. She, she's the strangest part. She is very strange. Fully explained. Yeah, she's, she's a silent character. She only speaks in gro- groans and grunts and growls, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's obsessed with hair. It just Never they don't explain it, it. and no. I, I actually like it that way because it's just a weird character. Well, but also at the same time, I, it doesn't explain like. Is she part of the society, or is she someone that like got a lobotomy because her society mother is dead yeah. or something, and yeah. is just put there to? So the that's my that best Clarissa guess. Clarissa is clearly a part of the society, yeah. but her her mother, you would think that she must be a part of it too if Clarissa is, yeah. but th- she definitely doesn't fit and yeah. ends up partially saving the day. Yeah, um, and like escaping with them. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, they just leave her behind yeah. in the house. They just fucking drive sure? home yep. without her. One hundred percent. They yeah. just they just ditch her and they're like, oh "Fuck you, lady. <laughs> you did your purpose." Is that his uh, his buddy? What was his name? Al or something? Oh, Milo. My, I was close enough. Uh, his <laughs> Al, buddy Milo, Milo. Like he has a convertible. And Clarissa's hair-obsessed mother is just sitting in the back seat trying to grab his hair when he gets in. And he's just like, okay, guess you're along for the ride. Let's yep. go save my friend. You're in the car. So so she must be in the side <laughs> because he immediately is like, oh, I can I can use her to get into the party. And then he actually uses her to take out the cop, too, mm. which is great. And then 
and then we get two times again this week he we get the uh he takes the cop's uniform <laughs> yep. so he he <laughs> steals his uniform and goes in with a gun as well um but uh, what another thing so to go like kind of go back to where we were earlier so like at, at the party after they have sex and she comes in and uh and they have their after sex tea yes and she <laughs> says the line cream you want cream or sugar or do you want me to pee in it I did not you catch that, that line at all. I didn't catch that either. What? Yep. Oh man. I had I to go back. To. I literally was sitting here and I was watching and I was like, "Wait, what? Did that really <laughs> just happen or did you see something else?" And I went back and I was like, "That really just happened." Holy shit. She literally said, wow. "Do you want me to pee in it?" And then he's like, "You're a class act, Clarissa." Like it's like supposed to be a joke or something That's and it weird. just It was very it was one of those moments I said that where I was like, the film just didn't work. Mm. And I noticed it more like, because I thought it was funny the first time, but when I saw it this time, I'm like, it's so out of place for the yeah. rest of it. And if there was more of that, it would have it would have worked better, I think. Um, but yeah, so they have after sex tea and uh, <laughs> he goes off. He uh, he's now there's a scene where he's got like because uh, this is what I want to get into. So he, he he comes home and he there or he gets in his jeep and there's a blow up doll in it and there there's a um like a Ken, before that there was a Ken doll like and a then nail like or screw yeah. or screw in the head and it has like his name taped on it you know with like masking tape which I was yeah. like that's such an eighties touch uh, and uh, so he's getting like and there's also at one point there's a um, shrunken, shrunken head in his locker yeah it's right when he uh, gets sort of dumped right right. And, and then immediately uh, rebounds. In that scene, actually, because just to, to blow the thing, it's Milo who's doing it. Hmm. And I love how watching that back again and you see Milo's reaction to it. And you're like, oh, it's totally like it's so obvious. He's yeah. like, Milo, like, he's just messing with him. So it, but it was another thing that I felt like, again, like kind of we- which is weird. Like their their relationship as best friends was just a, is just supposed to be taken as is. And you're just like, OK, they're the best of buddies, but they yeah. don't really actually seem like best friends at all in it. That's what Milo says to him, isn't it? He says, we're best friends when it's convenient for you. True. And I think that Milo's obviously, he's, you you can tell he's like on that other side we talked about earlier. He is like poorer and he's a regular guy. He's not not even close to society. Billy's parents don't approve of him. Exactly. So, like, Billy is, it's like Billy, like, knows that he doesn't belong there because he fits in with this other group of people. And, like, I like the character. I like the idea. Um, there's actually another really great part with Milo where he goes, when he goes into the uh, um, the hospital and the ambulance, like, brings Billy in, he, like, pushes a pull door and then opens it. It's a great, <laughs> yeah, he goes and he's a nice like, oh. little touch. And the fact that, that, that Brian was just like, <laughs> you know? I wanted to mention one of my favorite parts is um, when Billy is taken to the hospital because they think he's losing his mind. Yep. Um, he's brought into the psych ward and Milo goes to the hospital to try to find him. And th- this nurse gets the award for best bedside manner. Yeah, she yeah, says, yeah. Are you related? And he says, Yes, I am. And she says, Well, then you'll have to check the morgue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How way to break the news to someone that their family member that, died that was so good i but i also loved the the juxtaposition there i mean it she was she was not good at delivering lot <laughs> sam she was definitely not good at delivering lines but i will say that uh that i loved that particular cut where it's like him about to unveil <laughs> stop it 
so when he when Milo is about to unveil, you know what's I think was supposed to be Billy on yeah. the, or the the body on a gurney, and the when she grabs him, like those series of cuts, like they're so cliche horror movie, mm-hmm. but they worked really well. Like he he knows what he's doing with it, and he set he set the scenes well. But then like yeah, that lady's line delivery there, <laughs> it's om- it's one of those things. Though, it's it's so like bad and static that it's almost like creepy. She's a little bit like out of control, like yelling at him. So I was like, is she like? Part of this thing yeah, freaking out like, for no she's reason. She's so mad that yep. he's come to see yeah. his friend. Exactly. In the exactly. <laughs> so yeah, because in that, so what happens is Billy was like, yeah, he gets like, as you, I think you said that earlier, he gets drugged by the doctor, and uh, they like do the thing. They put the like that collar thing on his neck and like, like grab a him. Dog yep. collar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he gets brought to the to the hospital, and Milo follows them, and when he comes out. It's like, well, actually, wait, before before he comes out, when he's in the hospital, there's a great, another little, great little cliche sort of horror thing where he thinks there's, like, somebody being worked on. Mm. He thinks Blanchard is, like, and then he unveils Blanchard, the curtain. Blanchard, who was supposed to be dead at this point. Right. They went to his funeral, even, mm-hmm. and pressed his face, and it was like, oh, yeah, and it just falls apart, yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh, maybe it was a really bad accident. <laughs> that, I love and, that. That was a, a little bit who, comic. Who goes to a funeral that's open casket and you're like, I'm just going to poke the, the, the beauty mark you on my dead friend's I'm face. You wouldn't the poke cor- your friend's corpse. You wouldn't, I wouldn't touch any corpse. If it was I'm like not doing that, like that's know. like, I feel like that's so disrespectful. Maybe if it was like, you know, someone that I'm directly related to, but even that I'm like, eh, I like my uncle died. I didn't touch his corpse. I was like, Ugh. yeah, I mean, it'd have to be a real like Gigi Allen type yeah. friend where they're like, yeah, put out cigarettes on my corpse. Yeah, I, don't care. Right? I want you to do it. Exactly. It's still, it'd still be like, I don't know if I want to touch Man, it. Man, the, the <laughs> FBI would totally get away with putting a fake corpse trick on you. You right. wouldn't even poke it to see if it was real. <laughs> no, they'd get me. Um, no. Cause I'd be like, that's, you, you you just put makeup on that guy and <laughs> make him look paler. But uh, so th- when I also liked how, um, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Uh, did you see that Blanchard was Jewish? I did not. Yeah. When they go into the synagogue, mm. there's a Star David. That's right. You I know? do remember you know? that. I, was, I, I noticed it the second time. I was like, oh. Blanchard was Jewish, I guess. Would because make another uh, good re- excuse for why they would treat him like shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think people. another, perhaps, yeah, call out to yeah. stuff like that. Definitely. Um, and, and again, the fact that, yeah, a lot of the people, I, I mean, Milo. Pretty sure Milo was well, Jewish. Yeah. Pretty, sure, pretty damn sure. Yeah, like like he had <laughs> to be. Just the character, the name with the, the character they cast. That's what, mm. the, not saying that he is Jewish. I think the actor actually is, but that's what they're going for yeah. i think in look um and i think brian usen is actually jewish too i'm pretty sure i read that so that would fit there too that he understands what's going mm. on there in beverly hills but so uh then um oh and also I, we also kind of forgot to mention while this is going on billy's also running for the captain of the debate yeah team? which is so out of character that was my yeah. first thought is he's going up against this nerdy guy uh with glasses next to him and yeah, like Martin you, you or would something. not touch this in a million this, years this part is just weird to me too because based on the reactions from the audience in the debate billy seems to be super popular yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone likes him he's the jock and like yeah, he's class like bart clown. simpson yeah but the, and then this um nerdy kid None of the the rest of his class likes him. They all think he's a loser. But then for some reason, he's in tight with Turd Ferguson. Right, because the society wants him. Because the society wants good people. And Martin's probably rich too. That's probably another probably. He's so well dressed and stuff. They're expensive glasses. You can tell. um, So to go backwards a little bit, 
it's when Martin dies and Billy comes across his body in the car accident that he ends up getting brought to the hospital because he goes for the next debate at school, yep. tries to tell everyone that Martin's dead, and then who walks in but Martin. Martin. Yep. And also, I like I really like that particular scene. Um, yeah, because it's like Martin comes and sees him at the funeral, like really right in front of Blanchard's, <laughs> or maybe not Blanchard's body. Well, yeah. definitely not, because he's, yeah. spoiler alert, still alive. Also, can we get Billy a tailor? Because yeah, oh really. God, the most <laughs> ill-fitting clothes ever. Oh, my ever. God, dude. Everything. Uh, uh, honestly, um, and it's funny, because I was watching Heather's earlier, as I said, yeah. I think. And uh, I was thinking that in the movie, and then I went, oh, wait, that was kind of the style yeah. in the 80s. So big, big jackets. Because I know the writer at the beginning of Heather's is wearing this fucking, like, extra, extra, extra large suit jacket, like, dress combo thing. And it's just like, that was what they did back then, I guess. But, yes, Billy needs a tailor. Oh, my God. I guess back then they just had blazers to burn like there's there's a scene that goes by really quickly and it's guys in like a hot tub and they're just wearing blazers yeah Yeah. at his party and it's just like did i see that were they sitting next to the water that sounds like an awesome bad movie title that's gonna be the title (laughs) of this episode definitely blazers to burn um so so then so yeah then then martin tells him like meet me out at the park and billy's like oh yeah i was already gonna go there anyway to crush some beers <laughs> so he they go out to like this this dark park at night and uh yeah he finds he said he finds the car and he finds martin's body in it and again another like wicked cliche horror reveal of like the door opening and the corpse falling back yep. well done but like very not like you know You've not seen it before yeah yeah but i, I like it in this film because it, it just it feels like shout outs to so many great movies yeah. and, and it's done well and it's not overdone. I don't think it's done in the right moments and not too much. Um, but then uh, the cops find them out there or Billy brings bring the police the out. Yeah. Yeah. He goes and gets Clarissa who puts on her um, giant shoulder pad jeans. Yes. Rhin- <laughs> rhinestone studded jacket. It's like a rhinestone like jacket with like, yeah. Oh you know, God. the type of jacket that you put on for hiking out through the woods to find a dead yeah, body. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm sure she had, like, white boots, too, and, like, <laughs> leggings, like, purple leggings or something. Yeah, and so the cops think that he's on drugs, of course, that he's crazy, but then they start to realize that he's starting to know too much. Yep. And they kind of warn him, and the cop says, the next time you see me, it's going to be pretty bad. I forget the exact line is, but he basically says, like, I'm going to yeah, fucking... Says something like, yeah. next time you see me, it's not going to be so pleasant, and then yeah. does the whole finger-in-the-chest jab mm-hmm. thing. Yep. And also, you do see before that too that right as Billy runs off into the woods looking for, um, I'm saying Milo, looking for uh, Martin, another vehicle drives away, and yeah. Milo then says that uh, it was Turd Ferguson and Martin driving away, but he was under a sheet, and uh, that's also comes back later when you see Blanchard again. He's under like he's under a sheet, and I was like, how did you know that was Martin? Then Milo, mm. just again a little bit of bad script writing there. Yeah, a little bit. Said, I saw Turd Ferguson and some guy, somebody, someone in the front seat that they were covered, and I did not know who it was. But anyway, so uh, so Billy gets, as you said, Billy gets brought to the hospital, and when he comes back out of the hospital. He's like all like, hey man, what's 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 the problem? Like, yeah, he's just like super happy. Yeah, at that point, it's hard to tell. Like, is it drugs or because, uh, you know, they killed the character in the car and then yep. immediately brought him back to be like, haha, you're just crazy uh, at the debate. So it's like, are they? Is this a body snatcher deal where they're right. switching them out? And and again, like you said, uh, Martin came back. Yeah, and he was in the society. 
So I guess it's like a sort of join or die type thing. Like they like, and like they, they, I think they, they didn't want Blanchard. So they got rid of him. Yeah. Martin got scared, but they still wanted Martin. So I, I think know. it is body snatchers. I think that people are born into the society. Like, I, I think that Martin was just faking his own death. They went into a lot of, like, lineage stuff at the very end, where it's like, you know, we're just born better, which is what right. threw me off even more. He it's says, like we're not aliens. We've been here as long as you. Yeah, so it seems like they're just a new species. So would they be able to... Whatever. It's yeah. like, don't think about well, it too much. Yeah, because, like, there's so many... I have lots of questions about yeah. it. So, like, are they... Because it feels vaguely body snatcher, shapeshifter-y. Mm. Um, and, but, like, did they... So, like, because they also say the host. The, the whole thing about the host. But then they're putting the host in Blanchard. And it's like, but they're not turning him into one of them. It's just, I didn't... They're qu- just feeding on him. Yeah, I didn't quite get exactly if i don't think there was a real cohesive idea of what they wanted it to be and and that might be better in the sense that like that makes it more uh interesting when you're trying to figure out what it is yeah. it's harder to kind of lingers know? with you a little bit afterwards right you're just like okay i enjoyed that but the puzzle pieces are not fitting together right. not to compare it to a david lynch film but it's the kind of thing You'll totally. think about for like the two days later, just like how the hell does that even that make sense? Totally. Well, I didn't think about I it. I asked time. you when we watched it. I asked you why did they do this whole bullshit with Billy? Like, what was the right. point of raising him from a baby for yep. like seventeen years and making him think he was part of their family, only to just like fuck with his head and then try to eat sex him? I think, but yeah, the idea was to do the same thing they did with Blanchard to uh, him, but what I find so funny about it is that it's like he like punches one guy out, and then they're all, or actually two because he also <laughs> punches his father out, Um, but like then they all just are like well, guess we can't chase after them yep. or anything yeah. at all. They're literally going to try to expose the society, but like whatever. And they're I, in but, a car. How yeah. can we possibly catch yeah, them? Yeah, exactly. I, I found that kind of strange. It was like yeah. Billy Billy was just too badass for them, so they had they're like we just better get out. Of this if they had way. all ganged up on them, they could have stopped them. But right. well, like, there might also be the logic of do we even need to? Because they make several allusions to like, oh yeah, we got DC on lockdown, we got the cops, right. we got people in the hospital, like right. everybody's these yeah. kids. The the yeah, it's basically like the elites of yeah. the country mm-hmm. are all in the society. So yeah, I guess it doesn't. You even wouldn't matter. even need to worry yeah. about this, yep. this weirdo who ran away from home and has a history of mental illness. Right. So right. whatever. And, and uh yeah, and has several respectable respected people including a judge who would say oh no he's crazy yep there are a couple really excellent lines in this movie and i think one of my favorite ones is early on when billy is um yelling at his dad but before he calls him a butthead and he says fuck you butthead (laughs) fuck you butthead it's like you know, there's a real de- de-escalation yep. of swear words there. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that because he also then they have the callback at the very end where yep. he does it again but with a longer pause. He's like butthead, right? which of course they did to set up the joke of his dad. I am a butthead. Actually, being yeah. a butthead. Yeah. Which I saw that one coming a mile away in that scene. Um, I was like, oh, right when I saw like the legs starting to move, I'm like, oh, his yeah. dad's a butthead. Yeah. yeah. But that's that, again, that's like that vaguely satirical thing in all of it. I mean, this movie literally ends with with like a satirical funny line, in, or at least trying to be more of a comic moment where the judge is like chewing on a cigar and he's like, well, 
looks like I'm going to have an opening in Washington next year. <laughs> and then the movie ends. And it's just like, you know, it, it's definitely the, there's these comic, lots of comic mm. moments. Yeah. But it's also really serious. So it's hard to tell, like, again, going back to that whole should I pee in it line. Like, there's these, like, weird comic moments that do work and some that just fall completely the flat. One thing that um, disappointed me very slightly mm-hmm. was that... Um, when they feed on Blanchards, so basically for context, the, they're having this giant party where they bring out Blanchard, who's surprised he's still alive, right. and also Billy, who's been captured. And the whole point of the party is just to be a giant like sex orgy mm. where they feed on the lower class, right. quite literally, in this very like sexual and disgusting way where they like melt their bodies into his body and like sort of merge with him while they're feeding on him. Um, so Blanchard has a very noticeable birthmark on his cheek. And after the judge, um, finishes fists fisting him, him yeah. he fists him, shoves his fist up through his mouth and wiggles his fingers around and then like um, kills him I and then kills yeah. him. And then when they're finished feeding, the judge has the birthmark. Yeah, the I w- beauty mark, as I he calls it. I would have liked it if they had just let the audience notice the beauty mark that's on yeah. the judge's cheek now, rather than the judge pointing it out and saying, yeah. oh, look, yeah. a beauty mark. I, I do like how he called it a beauty mark, though. Yeah. And he said it, and it was like the way he said it twice. Um, I don't know. I, I do think the, the final scene, uh, I mentioned it to you guys, it's sort of similar to a film uh, I really like called Audition, where... Uh, like it, it's in the sense that like the additions are way let more subdued throughout it. This is definitely a horror film. Yeah. But I don't think I, I don't, other than knowing it was body horror, I wasn't quite prepared for the final scene. It's a very s- gradual buildup. And it has a, a huge payoff. I totally. Like kind of like sex. Because it's a lot <laughs> of like, it's just isolated moments of visual horror throughout yeah. the film where yeah. it's more focused on like paranoia and psychological horror up until the end when it's like suddenly like 10 to a thousand yeah and and it's playing uh the blue danube which is i don't want to put it in the background here if i remember even though i always say that and forget to do it <laughs> but uh der blaue danube is a very famous song and trust me everyone in the world has heard it it's like been used in looney tunes and everything but it's not it's like you know it's very like not what you'd expect in that scene and then they bring back the uh the ocean boating song, I think it's called, which is the song, the society song that yeah. is sung at the beginning and end. But it's a like out of tune, like affected version that's like really like like metallic and like it just sounds like it's like bad accordions playing it or something like that. And so there's this like fun, funny, weird creepiness that goes on that's mm. kind of absent. In the other than like we were saying those little bits throughout the movie, so yeah, the rest of it's pretty straightforward. Right, it just seems like your standard horror movie that's setting up this like is he crazy? Isn't he crazy? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just good sound design, subtle oh, yeah. little stuff like that is what makes that last scene so good. Yeah. <laughs> about the the final fight oh yeah this the slobber knocker between (laughs) he like 
he like literally Billy just gets the crap beat out of him and he's just like whatever and just yeah. grab like he grabs his arm and it's obviously like a plastic like thing but it looks it looks I thought it looked good for, for yeah. the era and the way it twists I was like ooh like <laughs> yeah it would totally it was definitely like yeah silly putty taffy like that fight was pretty good um and I liked I liked just how it it again it like mirrors these all these ideas of like them like uh, the superiority and the the lack of any fear that anything's gonna happen to them and like this whole party atmosphere of it um, because there's another great comic bit where the parents are upstairs and the psychiatrist runs upstairs and he's like hey guys come on downstairs you gotta yep. see this and they say we're changing and he goes into what <laughs> like it works it because it, it's creepy but it's also like you're kind of like <laughs> yeah that's what, well, I that's, get the joke like, that's right after uh, you see the dad as a butthead and you see the mom as uh, like armless but Sort of has arms, but yeah. they're the legs. It was kind of a kind of a bad practical effect. Yeah, by but standards. it's very but cheesy, but it's also great. Yeah, wicked yeah. gross. Yeah, it's like the the mom on top and the daughter like coming out like in between her legs. I was trying to think of like how they did that. Like, did they get like someone who didn't have legs and then who was had really strong muscular <laughs> arms and get them to walk on their hands? I almost wondered if it was one of those like it was like multiple things cut together. Like maybe could have been uh, yeah because the the. The staticness of the mother's head, it made me think that that was a, a build. And then either mm. the girl is inside of it or she's edited into it. I, I'm um, pretty sure there's a moment like where a it looked to me as if the mother's head was like a paper mache. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was probably yeah. the worst effect in the movie was, uh, except for maybe the backward shower thing. But you can't really see it, that. So it was matter. better when they were, st- when her fate, her, uh, the actress was face was still on it and it they were yeah. think they were still on the bed mm-hmm. and you yeah. saw them or when they 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 when they stood up and then they cut the, the you know yeah it looked a lot better that right. way oh um, but uh, in that scene she's trying to like seduce him sort of it's this horrible abomination she's like about to put her crotch in his face yeah and then his sister's head just appears out of that and then like has a long tongue and is like make out with me or yo, billy yo. something <laughs> dumb like that and then the dad shows up and when we say butt face like it's he's like kneeling on the bed with his ass up in the air and his face is just in the center where his butt yep. yeah. be. Yep. And he says to Billy, guess you were right, Billy. I really am a butthead. <laughs> yep, yep. That was also, I mean, it was... It was good in look, but like when he like he like shakes himself around, you can tell it's rubber. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, the legs like don't move like legs would, you know. Um, but I still think that it's more again more like this sort of like circusy creepiness that mm. that they're trying to go for, and like it really works. I, I definitely was like blown away by. Mm. I would say the whole scene, while it has its problems, I think it is the best part of the movie. So by far. I love the ending horror orgy because you get to see like everything that's happening in detail. But I Mm -hmm. also love the opening credits. They show the horror orgy, but in this very like obscured way where you can't tell what you're looking at. I was going to mention that because I noticed that the second time I was like, and my, and my favorite thing is there's just like this giant like dangling flesh sack and it's like what just writhing is that? meat like people you can tell people are stroking each other but you cannot tell what's yep. what and i think yep. that's a really good intro exactly. absolutely because it gives you a little bit of a taste to be like because uh, some of the movie is kind of like meh you know 
until you make it to the yeah. last right. scene and where you're like, like everything you was worth it. I feel like you just completely forget that entire yeah. intro that, credit. And that's thing. why I also really like the classic poster for the film um, because I think that also works. And basically, it's uh, the sister. And, or uh, I'm not even sure if it, I think it's supposed to be the sister. It doesn't sister. like it doesn't look. She doesn't have the same hair in in it. But it, it's a woman in a red dress with blonde hair, and she's like pulling her face off. Yeah. And like there's like fleshy like connection to it. It it really that to me is like okay, I know something is gonna happen that's gross and horror yep. like in this movie, so I'll wait for it. And Either I, that or be horribly disappointed because if you <laughs> true, saw this on true. a VHS tape in the the 80s and a just a blockbuster mom right, pop right, shop, right. that's the kind of thing that would trick you into it. So I I don't know about you, but I greatly distrust covers. But this one oh, yeah. I think is a hundred percent on. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it totally fits. Well, yeah, because I've seen so many movies where the cover was a complete lie. Yeah, and I love the cover way more than mm-hmm. the movie, you know. But uh, so now that we've kind of gotten to the end of the plot, I would like to go back to what we were talking about, like in the middle here. Um, so I had this thought while I was watching it near the end of the movie. I was like, what if this is all a hallucination? Yep. And Billy's actually and like Billy and Milo, I guess, or Milo's not even real. Because Milo only associates really with Billy and and then at the end with people a little bit. But and he only met Clarissa like once his delusions, if they are delusions, had already started. Right. And, and in terms of the, the craziness, in terms of the end, that's after he got injected with drugs. So, but they didn't, I don't think they did the line quite as clearly as they could have right. to make it be like, it's ambiguous. It just feels like, okay, that actually all happened. But I feel like they could have. Made well, it a little more because right. Milo and Clarissa are also experiencing of everything is what makes me think yeah. yes it happened. But Kevin raises a good point that it's possible it's possible that his friends aren't even real. I think Milo's real given he, how his parents or talk even about that him in the beginning. They are real, but they're part of his delusion. Yeah, yeah. You know that like you he's hallucinating his friend. Right. You well, know? like his friend is a real person, but he's hallucinating that he's there with him right. at right. the end. And, like, there's definitely movies like that that have, you know, unreliable narrators or whatever mm-hmm. where, where like, when you go back, when someone goes, well, what about this? You uh, The answer is literally, well, that didn't actually happen. You know, so, that's the whole point of the ending turnaround is that it didn't happen. Now, this movie doesn't have that, obviously, but I always wondered if that was, like, an idea kicking around at first. Like, well, at the end, it turns out that Billy was hallucinating and that society is just, they're just bad people, but they're not monsters. Mm. Billy's know? definitely an unreliable narrator because in one of the very first scenes when he's talking to the therapist, he bites into an apple and it's filled with worms. Mm. And, like, despite all of the tricks that the society pulls on him, I unless he was being given drugs, which we never saw happen, right. that seems like a legitimate hallucination that he had. Well, I think they did reference drugs, but I... They I, did in one line, and yeah. I actually know what the line is, so it's kind of vague, and it kind of could go either way. The uh, the psychiatrist, when he gives him the injection, he says something along the lines of, you know how I hate giving you drugs, Billy. So I think he does give him drugs. Yeah. I think that's what that is. And I think that that fits more into this idea of the control. So either way, though, I think that, that the movie is going for that. That like is Billy crazy, or is this is there really a monstrous, you know? Because the movie literally gets to a thing where it's like, here's a tape that sounds like this, but now it sounds like this. But also yeah. Blanchard exi- like, but you don't see a lot of these characters uh, doing a whole bunch else other than telling Billy what's going on, and then and then they die or they go away or you know they they're only there to serve Billy. Like Clar- yeah, Clarissa just hangs out in her Billy. house. Yeah. 
So there is a bit of it where it feels like it could be like a you know some sort of delusion that he's having. Yeah, especially since Clarissa just decides all of a sudden. Oh, I'm going to be on his side even though I'm a part of society? Like, it doesn't like, make well, any she, sense. She bangs him once and then rebels against the yeah. rest of society right. because she's in love with him. must have been so good. Right, right. Yeah, that dick game was just yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, because it, it literally, it's like, he, they, yeah, they have sex. She's acting all weird. She definitely seems like she's still trying to get him in the society. And then uh, they they have the scene where she's like, where she's like, oh, everything's fine when they go out with the cops. And she's, mm-hmm. like, laughing at it the whole time. And then he, like, freaks out. He drives to her house after he gets out of the hospital, fucking starts choking her, and she, like, slaps him, <laughs> and he slaps her. And then he's like, I'm going to this par- I'm going to go to the party. And she's like, don't go, Billy. And it's like, she's, like, falling in love with him, I guess. It's but the- weird. It's missing that one scene. Yeah, just know? something to establish that they have that kind of connection. I can right. understand the, the starting being like, okay, yeah, he's a scumbag who's cheating on his sort of not girlfriend and she's just loose i think i know what it is it's her, it's her mother it answers two questions they did something to her mother they're in the society but something happened and that that's why her father is not even mentioned and not in the movie mm. and why her mother is messed up they did something to her mother oh. so she wants to get out she wants it's to actually get back a really at them. good yeah idea yeah they they didn't make that clear at all but i think that makes perfect sense actually. again i almost I mean, wonder if it got is, cut yeah it is like wealthy high society who does shit like lobotomizing rose right. kennedy because yep. they act in an uncouth manner yep. and then hiding them away and acting like it's all fine oh mm. no she's just she's just clarissa's mother you know and even to think of be she didn't, might not even be her mother you know, when you that really think thought. about it, I know? thought like maybe that the, her parents were just dead or something, or and they got this random woman lobotomized her so that she could, you know, she basically like, yeah, pose. Watch her. Yeah. Also, yeah. when they introduce her, she's holding like a pigtail. I really want to know what happened. Yeah, whose hair was that? Who did she scalp? <laughs> she's like maybe. Oh no! Wait, we just. Oh my god! 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 That was his other girlfriend. That was his first girlfriend. You, you think? Cause because I thought they because saw... she goes, she goes, who's that? And then it cuts to inside. And the next time oh, you, see, yeah, right. she attacked the two girls. That and... explains why she disappears. Yep. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome, guys. Well, um, I think with that we can start wrapping this up. Uh, so first of all, I'd like to say um, I'd like to know what you guys. What's your rating on this movie? I'd give this a solid seven out of ten. Seven I mean, out of ten. Yeah. I'd give it more. How would you give it on that one through five scale? Oh, uh, one you? through five. Uh, uh, I'd give it a solid four. Yeah, I'm actually gonna go ahead and give it a five. I, I would also give it a five. Yeah, I, I'm the one who, who suggested this movie. I know. Isn't that, the weird, biggest isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, but you're it, also very critical. Well, I think okay. Just from a practical effects standpoint, I give this a solid five in terms of like. Uh, just in terms of the visual look of the film as a whole, eh, it loses a little bit of points for that. In terms of movies of its type, I think it's one of the best. Like uh, when I'm in the mood for that type of film, like oh a, yeah, a body perfect. horror film with fantastic, like horrific effects, but also kind of like goofy and ridiculous. Yeah. It's one of the best there is. I think. See, the, yeah. I think the main reason that I don't give it a five is because the thing is a solid five for me, and yeah. I don't think anything can really even come close to that. That's too perfect that, of a yeah. movie. So I, even a so five puts on the same level as the thing. Yeah, it has to make there. my top ten. No, see, like, I, I can I can understand that, but um, I also, I like to just, when I think of rating movies, I like to just rate them, like, as 
as I feel the necessity to watching them is. Mm. And so like when I'm like, like my, like, you know, my, like where this film falls and compared to the thing is, is below it. You know, I, but I think it is, uh, one of the, if you're not going to watch Cronenberg, it's a good body horror picture. It's also a good thing for someone who's not like super into the body horror part of body horror movies because it doesn't happen a ton. It's got yeah. a lot of other stuff right. to it. And it's and what it when it does happen, I think it's effective and and not overdone. You know what I mean? Like it's creepy, but it's not to the point with some of the Cronenberg stuff, like it gets um, you know, um gratuitous at times. Yeah. And so I can understand why people aren't as into that. I also think that it's uh, for its like satirical qualities, and honestly, I think it's pretty well shot for what seems like a pretty cheap, m- cheaply made oh, movie. Yeah. You know, for the budget that they must have had, they they mm. did as good of a job as I think they right. possibly could have. But yeah, this movie is definitely a lot more accessible because the uh, kind of humor that it has. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I want to thank you guys once again for coming on today, and uh, we'll be doing this again soon with another set of horror-esque body (laughs) horror whatever type movies um maybe tetsuo the iron man or something like that yeah you down for that that'd be cool um yeah so uh i don't know unless you guys have anything else you'd like to say thanks for having us thanks for having me uh well remember to like share and subscribe as always and uh check us out on facebook and twitter and all that stuff and instagram and uh have a nice day goodbye